now the podcast starts. Hello, faithful listener. Welcome to And Now the Podcast Starts. This is the show where we talk about horror, sometimes we talk about other things, and sometimes we swear. This week I have two marvellous co-hosts. The first is... Stella in Manchester. Hello, Stella. Hello. And the second co-host is... Kirsty in Shropshire. Welcome Yay! back, Kirsty. Hey, thank you. <laughs> it's lovely to be back. <laughs> oh, it's lovely to see you again and, and to hear you. Um, I'm just lording it over the listeners there because I have the privilege that they don't <laughs> of seeing you both. Um, and I am T.D. Velasquez in Greater Manchester. But you, dear listener, just like my co-hosts, can call me Dan. So we're back. Uh, it's the the week between gri- the, the the live Grimfest and the virtual Grimfest, and we've actually had two episodes this week. A couple of days ago, we had uh, an, a mini Grimfest virtual festival preview episode where I interviewed the director Aaron Batuska, whose movie for Roger is playing uh, online via Grimfest. Uh, over this weekend as as this episode is planned to go out on friday the 15th um and if you're listening to it then the film will be available um to see online uh, until the end of sunday um so um i recommend you go watch it and I, and i also direct you back to our podcast feed uh to the to the interview as well mm. um but also this uh Friday is sort of Halloween because it's <laughs> not Halloween, but it is the day that the new Halloween film comes out, Halloween Kills. And uh, the most appropriate thing I could think of for us to do on that day was to release a review three years late. <laughs> so that's what today's episode is going to be. It's yeah. going to be my myself and Howard and Ian and Spider Dan um, talking about Halloween. Uh, 2018 which we'd only just seen <laughs> when we recorded it but hopefully it's an interesting discussion anyway um, so that's what's coming up but um, I have such pleasure in being joined here by Stella and by Kirsty. so we're gradually reuniting all the hosts of the podcast week by week <laughs> um, and uh, it's wonderful to see and hear you both again especially Kirsty. it's been a particularly Aww. long time how are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm very, very tired, um, but I'm okay. <laughs> so just to explain my kind of my absence, um, I've moved house, um, uh, and and that ended up being uh, much more legally protracted than than any of us had planned on or thought could be possible when we started this process. Yikes. <laughs> so yeah, we were meant to move kind of middle of July. Finally moved middle of September, and I'm wow. sure. Lots of people who who know about these things will go, oh, that's that's completely normal. But it <laughs> felt like forever. So um, yeah, so it's just taken me a bit of time to get my head back on right. And is the house that you've moved into the house that you had intended to move into yeah. back in July? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's good. not been a case of the house <laughs> yeah. wasn't available. No, it was, no, no, right. no. It was okay. just yeah, kind of protracted. I'm I'm not going to go into specifics because sure. I don't want to find myself subject to any litigation <laughs> <laughs> no. fair enough fair enough but, but uh, yes it is all sorted now 
and uh, yes, yeah, so that's good. So if I, I apologize at the moment, I'm sat in my dining room, um, which is probably the most echoey room in the house because um, we don't have the office yet because it's just for boxes. So, you know, hopefully as time goes on, the you know, it'll be a, a better space for recording. But yeah, just not there yet. Well, it's a very attractive Zoom background. Yeah, it's nice. Thanks. I can Thanks. see yeah. books. Thanks. I yeah. can see some it's nice... Uh, is that a cat on that shelf? It is a cat. Yeah. 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 I like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, lovely. Oh, yes. but you've moved. Oh, good stuff. It's yeah. horrible, isn't it? Oh, Remember, We thought that we might try and buy a house and move while I was pregnant, but that that was a bad plan. So, so we stopped <laughs> and just carried on renting for a couple more years. It was just like... Nah. nah. <laughs> Let's not do nah. this now. Let's do this yeah. another time. Yeah. Grim. Yeah. Stressful. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, I am yeah. here to exercise the, the demons Yay. of the stress of it all. But yeah. yes. Oh no. Bless you. And uh, it's it's a it's a great way to do it and it's our privilege. Mm. And let's, here we are together. We can just talk about mm. horror and nice things. Horror and nice horror things. And nice, well, things. nice things. That's our horror. <laughs> that's that's um, that's a tag tagline, surely, for the podcast. Horror and nice things. <laughs> and nice things. <laughs> That'll go on page one of the website. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I think I might put that there. <laughs> it does kind of sum us up. So, um, so in the world of horror, and obviously we've had a bit of live news um, from Kirsty. If there's any other live news any of us want to talk about, that's cool too. But in the world of horror, have we got anything that we particularly want to talk about at the moment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on, Stella. The, 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 the new Scream 5 trailer landed oh, this yes, week. yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, any listeners who have heard the um, the bonus episode we did earlier this week, um, where I was talking to Aaron Bartoska, will will <laughs> probably remember the moment where where I talked about that, and he said, "Oh yes, the new trailer is dropping today," and I went, "What?" <laughs> I honestly didn't even know it had been made yet, um, but yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Um, and although it's not called Scream Five, is it? It's just called Scream. It's called Scream. Which, uh, I should have expected that. But, well, um, some uh, some genius, and I use the word very, very loosely, pointed out that the angle of the mouth on the mask and the angle of the knife makes a V shape. So maybe that's where the five is. But I think uh, it's a I, bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. Well, and then when the logo said, came up at the end of the trailer, which is basically the word scream with yeah. the mask behind it, I kind of squinted at it thinking, can that be seen as five? Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe it could be V. Yeah, yeah, I sort of see that. I this is hey, I'll never get any other opportunity to say this except on a horror podcast with my friends. <laughs> For some reason, I've always felt like the numeral five is like the most horrific number because <laughs> uh, it's a bit because it, uh, it's sharp. It's like scythe like. Uh, yeah, okay. and you know, I, I can see it on a poster for a horror movie. Okay. So. Um, so all horror franchises should make it to number five just so they can have that good poster. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Well, yeah, I, I, my, my, my thought then went to, what, is it is it horrific because are we like in Freudian territory? Uh, it's sort of yonic or... Into the vagina dentata. No, no, I don't think the V is, is horrific. Definitely, it has to be the numeral five. Okay. Um, and... Um, uh yeah oh, the, oh okay right so not not the roman numeral five that's just what i was thinking about. right 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 no but the actual so, yeah yeah okay. the, the number five yeah um yeah okay. and uh what was it? 
And I was always annoyed that there wasn't, a, in the original run of the, the, the Batman films, they never got to the fifth one. Because the, the fifth film was where it was rebooted with Christian Bale. But I wanted the Batman film where the, the, the poster was like a number five, but with bat symbol in the round bit. You know, uh, and that's I just specific thing that's very specific. Like if anyone can, <laughs> yes. if anyone can Photoshop that to make it happen and then and then send it in, <laughs> yes, please, please do somebody because you know that that will just solve decades of neurosis. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I've been thinking quite a lot about the the tendency that we have now of sequels, which are called the the same thing as the original film. Mm. And um, I, I might do an essay or something about this. Um, there's a really weird patient zero for this phenomenon, which is, can either of you guess what it is? I, I mean, knowing your, you know, kind of obscure knowledge base, Dan, I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll accept that. Fair enough. Well, anyway, I think it, the patient zero, and if anyone knows an earlier example, please tell me. But I think it's the Dad's Army film from 2015, <laughs> the one with Toby Jones, because that movie is not a remake of Dad's Army. It's a sequel. So and there was a already a film called Dad's Army. Um, so, and yeah, <laughs> okay. it's, uh, yeah. So uh, they, they, they yeah. didn't feel, and, that, and now we've had, obviously we've had Halloween just this year. We've had Candyman just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. yeah. Candyman. And, uh, and now, Scream, which I didn't know until yesterday, was not called Scream 5. So. Well, somebody said, why didn't they have the scary number 5 instead of the S? Yeah, like 7. Right. But... Like 7. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it would have been a problem when we write about it, because I'm never sure if I should write films or titles in their stylized way, like 7, mm, or, yeah. or to just, so, so, to just so write... Seven N. Yeah. Fifteen years ago, if movies did that, you'd have to look up in a book what the previous film was or, or whatever. Yeah, but now was. you can just Google it on your phone, so it doesn't. Yeah. But the I thing is, I think when you put a, you know, when you have a film that has the same title, one assumes that it's a remake. And yeah. Then, so to have a second film that's part of the same franchise that has the same title, it just seems. Just a bit deliberately obtuse. <laughs> well, it does make you wonder, are they never going to change the title again? Will Scream 6 also just be called Scream? And, you we'll know, see. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Halloween franchise would indicate that they're not quite ready to go that far yet. The new no. film's called Halloween Kills. But you could just have every every film be called Halloween and you just meant to know, well, you know what year it is, don't you? It's the new one. <laughs> not listening to your reviews because they're not coming out in the right year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Is it, is it not also assuming a, a sort of level of... Um, uh, sort of lack well i suppose both familiarity with the franchise in one way as in the audience will absolutely know what which one you're talking about or Mm. which one this is 
or on the flip side of that is it assuming that nobody cares anymore about anywhere any any of the heritage or the kind of cultural Mm. legacy of the stuff that came before because you know it's just scream it's just scream just i I don't know we're looking at the trailer they are there's a few points where it's clear that there needs to be some background knowledge yeah, mm. because some of the some of the lines that um, like Sydney and Gail say, it's like, yeah. well, if you're coming to Scream Five just at Scream Five, you're going to be like, what are they talking about? Yeah. So it's it's not a, they've not done it as a clean slate, but then it looks like there's a huge other ensemble cast as well of completely new people. Mm. Um, so I don't know, but I'm yeah. I think the trailer looks it- good, but I don't think I'm particularly impartial when it comes to anything screen related. I just get excited. I anyway. think it's time we we did some screen focused episodes, Yay! Stella. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, no, I thought the trailers looked good. I, I I thought there was a sense that you were expected to know who the returning characters were. You know that it wasn't presenting them as if they're they're new characters. Mm. Um, so, and I have to say, I struggled to recognise Courtney Cox first time I saw in the trailer. But um, uh, so I think it's very much a sequel, and I wonder if it's just it's part of the relationship, the slightly more complex relationship between the filmmakers, the film studio, and the audience. You know, the audience are meant are kind of expected to do a certain amount of the work. Mm. Um, mm. And, and just understand that it's stra- it's always struck me as kind of similar in a way to um you know buffy and like the x-files as well they never have the titles of episodes on the screen mm. ever yeah. um but you but the fans would just know which episode was which yeah yeah which just begs the question about how how the fans are going to talk about it though in you know kind of a little bit further down the line when you're talking about the screen have you seen screen yeah yeah Oh, which one? <laughs> yeah, you know, because with you know, kind of any with numbers, that's great. It's easy. Or when they have you know, kind of a dislike Halloween kills. You know, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. But you know, it just it it seems a little bit like kind of distributors and kind of you know studios making audiences lives just a little bit more difficult. Uh, yeah, I know um, what you mean, and I, 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 it's. I think they're trying increasing gambits to make each title more uh, commercially appealing to the widest possible audience. And a couple of years ago, well, they're still doing it. They would th- th- release a sequel which had the same uh, title as the previous film, but with the definitive article added, like The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, which you, is also can, confusing. Yes, oh yes, it is, um, and and it's the kind of thing you can only do that once. You know, yeah. the next film's not going to be called the The Suicide Squad. <laughs> no, no. Um, but also, I think by by doing that with that particular film, it was very much like this is a do over. <laughs> yeah, because yes. let's not sh- let's not talk about that. One. <laughs> well, I haven't, I, I haven't seen either film, so I can't comment. But you can? Um, and I will. <laughs> okay. Go on. Well, I just say that. It, again, it's confusing though, isn't it? Because that yeah. movie seems to be kind of a do-over, but at the same time, it's got bits in it where, like yeah. Margot Robbie's Harley yeah, yeah. Quinn, where they've gone. People like this bit, so we'll keep this yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah, I think you can just uh, largely ignore the first film, to be honest. Yeah, I turned it yeah, off. Just... I couldn't watch it. Right. Good call. About, about halfway, <laughs> and um, it was getting quite late at night. So late at night, it's probably about half ten. And uh, <laughs> but I was just like, me and Owen just looked at each other like. <sighs> 
<laughs> she, uh, right. she go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, it was that I don't really... Because I think it was a Sunday night as well. And it was like, I don't want to stay up to watch this. This isn't worth me being tired in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna get go to bed, bin it off. Right. Yeah. Uh, just it. just for clarity, that was the that was Suicide Squad, yes. the David Ayer film, right? Yeah. Is the Suicide Squad better? Have either of you seen yes. that? Yes, I've not seen it. Yes. Okay. I have, yeah. and I can I can attest that that despite its many failings, it is immeasurably better. Right. <laughs> okay. Maybe okay, I'll try great. that one then, and I'll put it I on think, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the only way I'll ever watch Suicide Squad is if I'm going to watch the Suicide Squad, and I just will watch a few bits of the earlier film just to compare. Um, but that's probably it. I did see Birds of Prey, though, and I, I rather enjoyed that. That was actually the last film I saw at the cinema prior okay. to the pandemic. Oh, wow. Um, and, and somehow uh, I didn't want the first film I saw after the pandemic to also be a Harley Quinn film. So that's why I chose <laughs> to, to not see the Suicide Squad. I saw Black Widow instead. Little did I realise it would appear on Disney Plus for free, like only six weeks later. Yeah. Never mind. Never you mind. got me there, Disney. You got me. <laughs> and and with Free Guy, you did that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, feel, anyway. I feel like we're, 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 we're definitely veering off. Yes, we're drifting off topic. We've we've well drifted. It's just uh, nice to speak. So, Kirsty, I I think you had some news you wanted to discuss. Yeah, so I don't know, obviously, how how long it is. (laughs) We've talked about Monsieur Rob Savage um, on the podcast. (laughs) Um, But uh, his second feature, the first one he's done with um, Blumhouse, um, got its international premiere at TIFF a couple of months ago um and it's just like well we'll we'll have had its uh uk premiere at london um film festival um yeah we'll have had it on i mean talking about it yeah thursday this week (laughs) so at the time you're listening to this it would have already happened but from my perspective it's tomorrow um so that's very exciting and um it's you know kind of getting it it seems to be a sort of slightly marmitey movie um Mm -hmm. reviews um, but again, it, 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 it's apparently its runtime is quite short. Um, and hey. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, kind of shocking apparently in a range of ways. I'm sadly not going, um, to, oh. <laughs> to, uh, to London. Um, but I will see it as soon as I can. Yeah. As soon as I'm, it's, it's a, you know, I'm able to do it. I will. So I'm going to screen nice. host in my lecture on, oh, yeah. um, doing a lecture on found footage and haunted machines in week. Yeah, seven, and I'm going to screen host because it's an hour, yes. so I can fit it into the last hour yeah. of a three-hour lecture. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. But also, did you know that now, according to science, it is the most scary film? Is it? Oh right. Yeah, the, the, because they did, there was some some study. I forget. <laughs> some. It was before it was um, uh, Insidious or The Conjuring or something. Anyway, something that was like you know kind of meant to be like the scariest mm. film of it, according to like physiological research. Um, but now apparently it's it's host. Oh right. Right, so, you know, I'll tell them that, and the students yeah. will go. Yeah. Ah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> Just put it on. Sure. Okay. Yeah, no. Can, can we get snacks though. first? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to know the criteria. For yeah. That. No, I will share an article with the other. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah. Send oh, us the article. Exciting. I'll have a look. Isn't it? Oh yeah. Wee. No, brilliant. Yes. Um, I I want to see uh, more of his wonderful stuff. Yeah. I I I love his is. Um, this may may be a rumour rather than true, but I heard that um, he'd be turning his short film 
called uh, Salt into yes. a feature. Yeah, I think that's happening. That's one, fantastic. It's one of the ones that he's got kind of on the boil. Yeah, um, it's an amazing so, short film. Yeah, it is. Um, and it I, is. I want to see more like that, definitely. Yes. And, you know, couldn't be more different from something like Host. Obviously, most films uh, are very <laughs> different from Host, but yeah. um, it's... Uh, it, it's just indicative that he's he's got range and he's got a lot to offer. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, All good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, e. e. Rob Savage. Let me say this, friend of the podcast. Hey. E. <laughs> friend of the you show, go, Rob Savage. Oh, oh, talk about friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Danny Robbins. Oh yeah. Um, right. Of uh, yeah, Battersea Podcast. Um, yes. Uh, it's got another podcast coming out called Uncanny. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, the trailer was released, I think, yesterday. So it's a slightly more broad focus. Some ghosty stuff, but also some kind of US, yeah, UFO-y stuff. Cool. Um, so that's coming to the BBC, BBC Sounds app. Um, oh, so okay. I'm definitely going to be listening to that yeah. once I've finished uh, Sandman Act 2. All right. <laughs> so it might take me a while, but I definitely will listen. Danny, if you're listening, I will definitely listen. Of course he is. Hi, Danny. <laughs> Hi, Danny. <laughs> yes, hello, sir. And uh, your play sounds amazing as well. Yeah. That's the main thing I've been taking note of is yeah. his play in London, um, which hopefully will come up north at some point. Yeah. But, you know, uh, with theatre, this kind of thing often doesn't travel, mm-hmm. such as with ghost stories, you yeah. know. Um, but that's one of the wonderful things about theatre as well is that it 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 sometimes, uh, you know, uh, it is sometimes the product of very specific circumstances, which makes it even more special if you do get to see it. As yeah. um, as with you, Kirsty, I know that when you saw Ghost Stories, that that, uh, that was a great experience for you. Uh, so fantastic okay well um i think we've we've had a, a wonderful gap up and i think we should probably let the listeners um hear the main uh, feature <laughs> oh, yeah. of, of this episode um so um listeners uh this review is obviously three years old because we recorded it when the movie was new we deliberately we thought maybe the people hearing this have not seen the film so we avoid spoilers for say the first half hour of it um but then we, we we go into detail on it. Um, for any uh, fans of the Halloween franchise listening, um, I think the only thing I, I want to say prior to the review is that if you're hoping to listen to it, obviously this episode is meant to come out on the day that the new film comes out. If you think maybe you listen to this review to boost your enthusiasm prior to seeing the new film, uh, maybe it won't do that. Um <laughs> Are you really selling it, Dan? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, but I, but uh, I I just I want to be open. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd I'd have to apologise at the end. So, uh, if you if you want to be filled with, um, uh, you know, Halloween twenty eighteen enthusiasm and love, maybe stop this podcast now and come back at another time. Um, On the other hand, if you if you want interesting. uh, critical uh, appraisal of the movie because we do can't and I say this because it surprised me because I like the film mm, but we do um, kind of pull it apart to be honest um, I, I guess that happens um, was it Ian? Especially, did you not like it? <laughs> Ian's there and it's actually Ian's first ever 
appearance, recorded appearance on this podcast, because obviously it was a couple of years before we 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 got going properly. Yeah. But but he oh, was wow. there for this one. So this, this uh, podcast is so non-linear; it's not true. I don't even know what day it is anymore. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it. Well, but what what matters anymore, Kirsty? You know, just embrace it. Just yeah. yes, absolutely. Just let it wash so, over you. Um, yeah, so hopefully in a few weeks we'll, we'll do a follow-up review where we've actually seen Halloween Kills and can talk about that. But that depends on some of us actually seeing the film. And um, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to see it soon. So um, uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But um, Stella, I'd like mm. to, to uh, come back to you at the end of this review to ask you for your thoughts about the movie, just to, to give you a chance to, to chime in. Um but for now, it's all blokes in a pub in Manchester three years ago. Over to my ancient self and Howard and Ian and Spider Dan to talk about Halloween 2018. And to get you in the mood, here's a bit of audio from the trailer of the movie. Testing one, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night and has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? waited for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go home! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman. He's here! Michael! You should. Close the closet door. Hello, 
Hello everybody and welcome to the 11th and final episode in the Halloween franchise retrospective series from And Now The Podcast Starts. I am your co-host Dan and my usual co-host is here with me. Hello, I'm Howie. And once again, as has happened often in this series, we are delighted to be joined by Dan B. Hello. Welcome back, Dan B. And we have another special guest for this episode who's not been on the podcast before and he is coming in with a unique perspective. It is the freelance... (laughs) Sorry. My ignorance. (laughs) Excellent. That's what we want. Uh, It's the freelance writer and critic, Ian Winston. Hello. Hello. Hello, Ian. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you here. I don't know why people are laughing. <laughs> Wasn't ironic. Genuine comment. Well, I try. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> how, many, how many layers does this film work on? So, Ian, um, I asked you on this podcast because you responded to my shout-out on Facebook when we were setting up this series of, ha- of Halloween podcasts, and your response was that you've never seen any of them. No, and it's weird because I have seen a lot of films. I've been a film critic most of my adult life. And somehow like, you've avoided these and ten movies. I haven't avoided them deliberately, and I think I have watched... It's weird, when I think of Halloween, I think of Silver Shamrock and vaguely <laughs> seeing, which is right. probably like... Which is probably like the worst example of the of the uh, franchise. No, no, no. The things I remember seeing as a kid, I don't think on like catching snatches of them at night. I don't know. I grew up watching a lot of telly, but I didn't watch a lot of films because my parents were tight when it came to VHS. Oh, right. I, some of my friends are like they had before VHS even came along. They seem to have gone through several VCRs. And we didn't huh. get one until 1988, Whoa. by which time I was 16. The year of my birth. <laughs> oh, well, I was 16. The two things are connected. I was 16, <laughs> and Doctor Who was just about to end, and I managed to record like the last flurry of Doctor Who. Oh, gee. And I uh, and never watched them again because they were awful. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> which is why they came. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, off topic. That's why you're But, but also, also it, means, it means that even though I was drawn to the horror genre, and I liked the idea of it, and I read a lot of Stephen King and a lot of Ramsey Campbell especially, and things like that, I never did the whole going to going to the video store and renting 18s okay and which seems to be a main thing and growing up back then there weren't dvds there weren't youtube there weren't there wasn't all the things you can do now to catch up you know everyone now just you know i I lecture in film studies every student has no excuse to not have seen stuff they still bloody haven't but (laughs) they have no excuse because they can literally go and find anything even if they've got no money they can go nick it (laughs) so they've got no excuse and so i was part of that last generation that didn't quite didn't quite didn't have that that access yeah yeah, we didn't have that access which you know like Scorsese had to go and sit in a movie theatre Woody Allen had to go and sit in a movie theatre to be obsessive about movies whereas VHS meant you could just go every day and and watch something but um, when it comes to horror I I do love horror but um, as I was saying before we before we started recording I'm drawn the horror that really scares me is I, I love The Exorcist because it scares me. I love Rosemary's Baby because it oh, scares well, me. Yeah. I love Night of the Demon mm. because it scares me. Mm. Even though it's a PG, um, weirdly. Oh, it's a great movie. But it's a great movie. I just rewatched it, which is why it's on my mind. And so I was never really in a hurry to go and watch a slasher movie mm. either. And I never liked Freddy Krueger. I never liked the latex 80s 
stuff. Right. So that's a whole area. So I guess that's just why I didn't zoom out to find Halloween. And then I finally went and watched it. Well, before we day. before we go on to that, yeah, I, just, yeah. I think you've already been mentioned on this podcast. Uh, oh right. Funnily enough, in relation to Halloween three. Oh, I see. You just mentioned because um, I don't know if you're aware because you haven't seen the film, but. Um, the plot kind of turns on evil Halloween masks that are activated by TV signals. Is that, is that the one with Silver Shamrock? Yes. Yes. So we were uh, talking about this with <laughs> Gareth Kavanagh, uh, and um, and he was talking about the fact that if this happened for real, you would be one of the only uh, kids who'd be saved because your family insisted on only watching the BBC. So you yeah, wouldn't, yeah. You wouldn't get any evil. <laughs> there were no commercials. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, we've we've taught. <laughs> Gareth always finds it funny because he was very ITV and I was very BBC. We okay. worked for the BBC. We were both. And no, we, we generally we had we generally had a bit of a ban, an official. And then I think about it, and we did start watching quite a lot of ITV. But it was only when I got like a TV in my room when I was about sixteen. Again, nineteen eighty-eight. All the all the thing, everything went out the window. And then I started watching things on my little black and white TV. Right. Twenty-four hour TV and. That's where I caught Alien accidentally from the beginning. Oh, right. I just went, oh, it's a spaceship. And literally, black yeah. and white TV, that was my first introduction to Alien. Oh, and then was so scared, because I was a wimpy 16-year-old kid. <laughs> but, like, but literally going, oh my God, what is this? I bet it looks it, great in black and white. It, it, was, it, just, it seemed like it was made for black yeah. and white. It was mm. perfect. That's how I still imagine it, because it was like, it was an old black and white TV. It was about as big as your laptop with like a silver aerial on the top. And everything, every so often it went. Well, I which is just perfect for watching Alien. Yeah. Yeah. When you're 16 and you're completely <clears> with, with, with horror films, it scared the Jesus out of me. Well, even the, even all the computer screens and everything do that as well. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind yeah. of in. Yeah, in yeah. I was watching a, I was watching it on bad tech. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the moon. You think you were wimpy? I. <laughs> I had a colour TV, but used to turn the colour off when I was watching horror films. I watched David Cronenberg's The Fly in very, very low contrast, low, was low no brightness. Blood. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't deal with gore. Uh, there was a time when... How I ironic. What were you? Uh, yeah, I was going to yes. say, you watched the goriest I mean, there's a picture the in front of me in uh, this magazine of yeah. the, one of the goriest scenes from the film. From the new movie. Where we, from the new movie, where his jaws yeah. smashed across <laughs> the desk. Well, so in, indeed, and, and therefore, <laughs> let's let's get to the new movie. So I thought, seeing as you hadn't seen any of them, it would be a good idea for you to come and talk about the new film. But yeah. I, but because but I did ask that you watch you finally watch the original nineteen seventy eight yeah, yeah. Halloween because the new film is ignoring all the se- the other sequels. So it's okay that you I haven't found, seen them. I found it so exciting that uh, they've done that with Canon because it just made me go. Well, immediately sidetrack. It just made me think. Hmm. Alien, aliens, Ripley. Oh yeah, yeah. A movie called Ripley. I yeah. don't want to write. Uh, but anyway, we won't get we'll sidetracked. We'll talk about that. I, I, <laughs> I love the sound of it. And just, uh, maybe it will happen. Maybe the success of this movie will make things like that happen. But with this, I was thinking it was really strange watching Halloween and then watching a film which was, which, almost expect. Even though it said, oh, you didn't need. Almost was designed so you didn't need to watch the original. It was actually probably better if you hadn't watched the original because yeah. it was almost like it's doing some shot for shot remake bits. Yeah. And and I'd literally watched it the night before and then I was watching it again. And it also the my main problem with it was she'd gone full she'd gone full um, Sarah Connor. Yeah. She'd gone full Sarah Connor and I know obviously I, I I've never like 
being chased. I've never been the last girl and been chased and had, oh, people, had, fr- had, friends, <laughs> had friends killed in front of me. But in terms of a movie, okay, he's evil, but most of the mythology about him is the fact that it's been 40 years and we've had loads of shit films. Yeah. I assume they're shit because they sound awful. No, no. <laughs> and, and they've made his mythology supernatural and druids and, and yeah. then something to do with taking over the TV and all these sort of things. And all this stuff that they said they've got rid of is kind of then somehow imbued in, it's Michael Myers, everyone knows who Michael Myers yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And he's such a bad killer that she doesn't go, oh, they've arrested him and he's in a secure hospital. I can probably get on with my life yeah. now. I'm slightly traumatized, but I go with my life. But she goes full Sarah Connor yeah. and, and, and gets obsessed. Are we allowed to do spoilers at this point? Not, not no, at this point. No, no, no. no. Okay, so. so she goes full Sarah, she goes full Sarah Connors Ruins so so in a way it's really depressing because she's a really bright she's a really the whole thing about it is she's square yeah. in the first movie she's square and she goes on about academia all the time and there's apart from one line there's no mention of of that in the new movie yeah that's true and and and, and the fact that she's she's basically just going oh my god I've been attacked what should what should, what should I do as a powerful feminist message I should completely be scared and live my life in fear yeah you know or should you is the way to win get on with your damn life and and I thought that would have been nice if maybe in an early draft there was because of that little ghost mm. of a line mm. but you've got academic um, mm. granddaughter and maybe the thing is she should have gone oh my god I've wasted 40 years of my life and scared mm. and I should have the biggest thing to do would have been to get on with my life you know don't mm. let the terrorists win kind of thing mm. but her character has been so traumatised she's turned into turned into Sarah Connor yeah essentially basically as a weird mad survivalist okay so <laughs> let's frame this discussion a little bit just before we we go into detail on discussing the new film Ian and you'd never seen the 78 film before. no no so how did you find it it was it was I found it um I could see what the fuss was about to be honest and obviously I knew I've, I've it's weird because I've loved John Carpenter's the thing and I've loved Escape from New York. Assault on Precinct 13. And Assault on Precinct 13 to a lesser degree, but I guess because I'm sci-fi and, like I was saying, Alien is my like mm. way into like all, my, all scary movies, I think. Mm. Um, and and the devil. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> anything with the devil in it, I seem to uh, I seems that. to have worked for my religious upbringing, um, <laughs> which hasn't taken. Um, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, but but um, but but it's 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 really good to have watched it because I finally I, it was kind of as I expected. I almost yeah. this before we knew what a spoiler was, but mm. it was so well known that the twist at halfway the spoiler free, the twist halfway through Psycho was so well known that my dad didn't feel he had to hide it from me. Just quick, but I will never ever know. I will never ever know what it felt like mm. to did watch. Anybody Psycho. here when they first watched Psycho did they not know the twist? I, I knew I knew the twist. My yeah. children, I my children, when they're now eleven and they're now eleven and nine, and at some point I'm going to show them. That's the your point. long-term plan. <laughs> I'm going to raise people who will be surprised by the yes. twist. And That's the main reason I had children. <laughs> I don't think I knew the twist, but I think at the age I was when I saw it, I could work it out. Right. The okay. way it was filmed. Yeah. Uh, the, the it's so shocking. Yeah, this I just think it's kind of I could sort of. Worker. Perhaps I did know it. Perhaps I. Yeah. Like if it hadn't been called Psycho, maybe it wouldn't have been. You wouldn't have been yeah. so 
keyed into. Uh, yeah. She's not. I still found it terrifying. I think I still found it terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I still yeah. loved it. That's I, a marvelous film. I, I think at the at the time the word was so unfamiliar that it could get away with calling it psycho. <coughs> yeah, of People course. wouldn't yeah. really know what yeah. that was meant. I think it's. We'll talk about Psycho Two in a bit because I think the new Halloween film is useful to compare it to Psycho mm. Two, and mm. I, I do think it's. I think it's a really good film, but I think it's really bizarre moment in it when Dennis Franz calls Anthony Perkins he calls Norman Bates a psycho it's like hey psycho it's like that movie was never made you know? yeah yeah why are you using that word yeah. um, but sorry Ian to but not yeah, off track but yeah but, but, but the back to the 78 version um, I could see it as a, as a it was a, what struck me as well was I could see the fuss about it but also it was a very slight movie. It was mm. the sort of thing that, like a lot of directors' first films, you can see as a calling card, it was like quite low budget. Extremely. It was precinct, it was small, it was, it was you know, no, you know, there was no, didn't require any massive special effects. It was all about, all about camera shots and suspense. Atmosphere. And, and, as, and, well, and as Carpenter said himself, it was crap till he put the music on the top. Mm. So he saved the movie with them cheap soundtrack um, so it's a weird movie because it's not it's not even all that groundbreaking in a weird way it's well, I no, don't know would you would you say it is because we've, like you know Psycho was well, we've, 62 we've discussed on and this, this is 78 and it's so it's just a well, let's have a scary movie but, but also was there, like, was, there was Black Christmas uh, which we've talked about on this podcast mm. before a couple of years before that and there was as Kim Newman said, there were like a million episodes of the ATV series Thriller, which oh. were about killer, usually about killers <clears throat> with subjective cameras stalking women. Yeah, yeah. Um, Peeping Tom. It, you yeah. know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, but I, I think it's an accident of um, style and skill that it just... I think it is a very slight story, but really it's brilliantly really presented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is scary. It does what it sets out to do. It is scary. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's not shocking or anything like a lot of later ones. It, mm. It's unnerving. It's disquieting. It's, it does have that atmosphere to it. It's very, it's very it just It does have that... I think the best thing about Michael Myers is he's um, unstoppable. That The mask The mask is a, It's just very simple, mm. but the mask and him being unstoppable, but without it being... Without him coming back to life a thousand times at the end, he's not. Jake, but then I guess in the later movies, because you know you get Friday the Thirteenth. I've never seen Friday the Thirteenth either. This is another gap. That's all right. You're not missing much. You can leave that one unfilled. But but I I imagine the original of Friday the Thirteenth is like he's on the same sort of par as the sequels to Halloween. As as, as in it's a bit. As in it's very trashy and 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 he dies a million times. There's lots of blood spurt everywhere. I just yeah. Even as, a, even as a kid, I wasn't that bothered about those films because I don't find them scary. I want to be scared by a horror mm. movie. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was, to Halloween's credit, it was creepier than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas I expected not to be scared, and and it was weird in that. I mean, we'll talk about the misogyny later because I do think it was there, um, but also it was um, it was uh, it was a, it was a lot less. Um, I guess I was expecting an 80s sl- slasher of shocker, which is kind of played for laughs, mm-hmm. and uh, and it wasn't. Yeah, it was it was it was a bit grimmer than that, which was all to the good for my money. Nice one. As it is, it was it was kind of like this is what a man with a kitchen knife would be like mm-hmm. with a Halloween mask yeah. on, rather than here's a man with a kitchen knife and here's a cascade of blood and yeah. he's just done something <laughs> unrealistic. He yeah. mostly just follows people and stabs them. 
Yeah. And we don't see enough blood, have we? He doesn't dominate no, no, the film yeah. where he kind of. In all the sequels, he kind of stomps through them doing his thing, and mm. he's so visible and so there. Mm. Well, yeah. And he well, is just another serial killer, generic. I mean, I was going to say, another, another, another one he reminded me of was Leatherface, and obviously yeah. that was before. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it? And then mm. that, that film scared the shit out of mm. me. Yeah. Because no, that, that was a. That was a. That was a. That was a. That wasn't supernatural, and it was so down in the gutter that when I watched that, when I was in maybe 16, 17, at the cinema. Oh, I watched right. it at Ling wow. Cinema in Northampton. Double bill with bad taste. All oh, right. the things. Wow. So we watched a really harrowing film, and then we watched some light relief, which was really fun. Huh. So but, um, but yeah, but 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 so Michael Myers has got something of Leatherface about when Leatherface just won't stop. Oh yeah. But I think he's I real. He's not supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, that's the. That's cool. Um, all right, so let's move on to talk about the new film then, and we'll come back to you in a minute, Ian, but mm-hmm. I think if we get everyone's impressions, I'm interested in two spoiler-free questions. Okay. One, <laughs> did, you th- did you think it worked in two ways? One, as a film on its own, two, as a sequel to the 78 Halloween. If, it's, if it is ignoring all the other sequels and it's just a sequel to that movie... It, does it succeed at being that in the way that I think Psycho 2 succeeds at being that what, what do you think are you looking yeah. um, right two questions do I think it works as a film on its own just about do I think it works as a sequel to the original Halloween no okay, okay. because it doesn't have I watched this film in Crew. Oh. which is very nice cause I, I went to college in Crew, so, so I was getting nostalgic even though it's <laughs> looking a bit shabby these days there's not many shops open but I went to college there Sixth Form College and had a good time um, so I went to see it there and it was great actually because um, there were these two guys in the cinema these two guys behind me who were sort of being a bit raucous uh, so all through the trailers so when it says turn your phone off they're going yeah turn your phone off come on turn your phone off uh, and I think one of them broke wind at one point so oh, sorry everybody but then just as the film was about to start all I could hear from behind me was so I thought my god they're not going to snore all the way through this film are they so it was quite a strange sort of Beginning to it, you know. Did that take you out the film before? No, it did. Well, they did. I just thought you're not going to do it all the way through. Um, but then they, they didn't. Did you have your kitchen knife with you? Uh, sadly, no. <laughs> so it's it started, and um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> do you think it works? Work? Do I think it works? So as I was a, watching as it. As a sequel and as a standalone film. As a sequel, yeah, it started well. See, we can't do any spoilers. That's the thing. We can't mm. say what I can Well, we liked. can in a minute because we're going to yeah. have a section where right. we'll discuss with right. spoilers, but. You know, basically, I want the listener to know that they can they can listen to the first bit of the podcast in safety. Did it work as a sequel to the first film? No, because I just did think it it, it it didn't have the atmosphere and it didn't have the style and it didn't have the tone that the first film had. As this film is a direct sequel to the first one, I thought, well, there's going to be some kind of tonal similarity. It's going to be the same kind of thing. John Carpenter's involved, so it is going to be about atmosphere. It is going to be about scaring people, not shocking people or grossing people out. And after the first 20, 25 minutes, when the killing started. That's when it did, to me, just become another slasher film. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was anything particularly distinctive about this. This is like a hundred films you see on the horror channel. As a film in its own right, yeah, it kind of worked. It had, it had good actors in it. Will Patton, the yeah. great unsung American character actor, mm-hmm. Will Patton is in this film. Playing uh, Deputy Hawkins. Yes, yeah. and very good. And there's some good actors in. So as a film on its own terms, yeah, because it's well acted and well made. But I just think it's makes the same mistake as all the sequels did all the other sequels did and Halloween didn't do which is it's all about the killing 
Mm. Once the killing starts, it's all about the killing. It's all about the violence. It's all about the blood and gore, and everything kind of gets sublimated to that. Fair enough, Howard. What do you think, Dan? Um, does it work as a sequel? I think yes. I think there's okay. enough references and tips of the hat and returning actors and elements um, that I think it's it's very much a, a modernised take. Is is more and it's a better <clears throat> excuse me. It's a better modernised take than the most recent Rob Zombie ones that we've been over. Yeah, <laughs> Um, it's you know it's it's I think it's one of the well the best written and acted of the Halloween films okay since the original mm. um, I think they've got some terrific talent in there as well uh, does it does it work on it on its own I think yeah you could you could, it could it can work on its own I think it is it's so steeped in that mythos and almost shot for shot in in several kind of they do the shots and they, there are references. There's even kind of little hints to the, the films they're ignoring, mm. like various different... I can't remember off the top of my head, but there are kind of little snippets or ones that things that oh, could be interpreted. There's quite a lot. Yeah, so, so the... And I think the, the script has a lot of reverence for, for the whole franchise, which I think is great for a Halloween fan. Um, I, <clears throat> I think it's... Again, it's just enough its own thing, yet enough Halloween that it just about works for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of creepier elements. Yes, like Howard said, there's a lot of violence as well, but I think that's kind of balanced out with with some of the more stalkery hunting moments and kind of it's, it kind of turns it kind of the the strength of it and the strength of the performance from Jamie Lee Curtis kind of it does it does try and flip it on its head and I think even the shots indicate that um, when a lot of these shots from the original film are that were shots of Michael are now shots of Jamie Lee Curtis so she's 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 experienced this and it's she's become a stronger person for it and she's planned this and prepared it's all in the preparation just like Batman it's all in the preparation but <laughs> but uh, but yeah I, I I enjoyed it wholeheartedly as as a sequel and on its own terms. Okay, nice one, Dan. Uh, That's very positive. Um, Ian, so what do you think then? As a, as a movie on its own right and as a sequel to the, the 78 film which you've only just seen? As a movie in its own right, um, I think what Howard said is, is uh, probably more what I'm feeling, which is if you hadn't, if a lot of people say, no, oh, you don't need to have seen the original, you just watch this. And I think if you watch this and you it was completely just, it was like, why am I watching yet another bunch of teens being chased around by a killer? He's quite effective because he's got a mask on. Jamie Lee Curtis, wasn't she in Fish Called Wonder? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you forget, if, if you're not aware of yeah, like, yeah, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis got her. To me, I first found out about her in Fish Called Wonder, really. Yeah, yeah. So well, to me, that's the movie that put on the map for me, <laughs> which is just weird, isn't it? But um, no, but, I, but, I, but, but as, as, as a, as a, as a as a, as, a, as, a, as a movie in its own right, it wasn't terrible. Mm. I still thought it was very tonally weird because yeah. it went, as I've mentioned Sarah Connor before, it, it went from being a bit like the original, as in, as in quite creepy and atmospheric, and then it had Silence of the Lambs dumped in the middle of it, or not in the middle of it, but at the beginning of it, it had a bit of mm. Hannibal Lecter going on, yeah. and it had those two stupid people 
backwards of podcasts. <laughs> podcasts the, the, by the way, podcasts <laughs> are still the hate um, So annoying. They've got a lot of flack for that. I don't know if anybody else caught that. Well, firstly, well, they're basically serial, aren't they? I've seen this movie twice. <laughs> and the second time I realised, to my horror, that the, the male podcaster was dressed as me, obviously. <laughs> I'm not a particularly <laughs> famous being podcaster. Very, he's being very paranoid. But he's wearing this coat. <laughs> um, and he's got have, like a ginger do have, beard. Do you have three grand lying around? Because yeah. um, no. you can interview me all you like. <laughs> but he's called uh, he's called Aaron Corey, did, and I think that's a reference to Aaron Mankey, who's the guy who presents the Law podcast. If anyone's familiar with that, oh, right, no. it's it's a it's a big American podcast about uh, uh, you know folklore. And it's, oh, I see. And, it, and, and it's got the, I mean it is quite good but it's got this kind of slightly pretentious tone to it he basically just retells other people's stories all the time yeah. in his own way and like the bit where the guy he's like perches on Judith Myers' grave and talks into his microphone about how she was killed and all that yeah um, I, I just you don't know there's not a camera on him <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah indeed so um, but yeah so how do we get talking about the podcasters anyway but um, but yeah, because of the because of the serial, this sort of silence of the lambs element to the prison visits and everything, and and but the, there was a sort of tone there which kind of worked, and it was and that it the sort of grittiness and the naturalism the naturalism of the original was kind of there, but then it kind of went. I think when the like you say when the killing starts, it goes so over the top and then the I mean we're not going into the spoilers bit but I just thought the by the time we got on to the sort of finale mm. and and a lot of the things that were going on in the mm. as the movie went on especially involving Dr. Loomis's replacement uh, we'll get to that yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so, that so was, a, lot, a lot of my problems with it are, that was would ridiculous. require spoilers but I just felt I just felt like the wheels came off Oh no! A, I mean, quite a lot. we'll go into spoilers. <laughs> uh, my, my spoiler-free thoughts about it. Uh, we'll go into spoilers later, but I'll just express my spoiler-free thoughts about it. I kind of agree with Ian and Howard. Um, I think it just about worked as a, as a film. If you haven't seen any of the others, it's just a slasher movie. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it gets really good towards the end. I think the last half hour is is very very good. Um, and it has a really good lead performance. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that kind of distinguishes it, and, and it makes it worth seeing. And I think you do come away from it. I came away from it having been really annoyed and frustrated with earlier parts of the film to the point where, at that moment, I was like, I'm so, are they doing this again? I'm sick of this. Uh, but by the end of it, I was feeling really good, and I came out of the movie in a good um, frame of mind. There is plenty of good elements in it the performances the music John Gamter's yes. score it was great to hear that music in terrific yeah. yes yeah. it really was um, I saw it in a, an eye sense screening and it was just like booming the room was shaking with that stuff and that that, that, that was that was lovely um, uh, I did think it was um, yeah I, I enjoyed um, I think if you have seen the original it kind of works not as a sequel to me, but like a companion piece. You know, you might um, mm. you might appreciate yeah. the bits which are deliberate spins on scenes from the original. <coughs> you might appreciate mm. things like PJ Souls is in the movie. She plays the voice of the teacher in the teaching scene. Oh, really? Um, oh. Yeah. Um, and and then the fact that um, Laurie's granddaughter's boyfriend Cameron 
is I think hinted at being the son of Lonnie, the kid from the the annoying bully kid yeah. from the first Halloween ah. film. So just think, and they're talking about how, how much of an idiot his dad was quite a lot, and I thought it ah. was quite nice. And not you know, and and also uh, that scene where they talk about that is the restaurant scene, um, and, and that's a good scene. And it's where um, Laurie turns up late and she starts drinking her daughter's wine and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like the one moment in the film where. She wasn't the hardened... I mean, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is very, very good at doing the hardened Sarah Connor mm-hmm. thing, and I love the bit where she says to the podcast interviewers, um, I'm twice divorced and I'm a basket case. You know, it's a great line. She, she, she really sells that side of the character, but for a moment in that dinner scene where Laurie turns up late and is embarrassed and she gets all awkward and quiet you can see that she is that awkward girl from the first film, you know, in those moments where she's like, guys think I'm too smart and she's not sure of herself. Yeah. And and that was really nice. And that's we've not seen that side of the character for 40 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I've really appreciated things like that. But my overall impression was that, having seen it twice as well, the first time when you don't know what's coming up, it's, it's okay and it gets really good towards the end. If you watch it again, uh, the first hour of the film has good bits in it, like the ones I've mentioned, good elements, but it just doesn't really add up to anything, it doesn't really drive to anything, um, and it's just frustrating. But the, the last half hour is so good, I, I think it's very, very strong, with a few kind of dips out, yeah. out of it. Um, uh, but the, the thing I want to say about why I don't think it works as a sequel to the original is because I think my reading of the original is different to the filmmakers. I What's really important to me in the original film is the supernatural element. I've said on the podcast before that I think that Halloween is a ghost story pretending to be a serial killer film. Michael Myers is a ghost. He's, he's, he's a, not a dead person, but he's somehow a ghost. He can appear and disappear at will silently. He can get into cars that are locked. And then at the end you find out that he can't be killed. He's a supernatural presence. And my reading of the ending has always been the movie stops because after Laurie and Dr. Loomis between them have killed Michael three or four times and he gets up, it's like, oh, he will never die. Where can the story go? Let's just stop the film. Mm. And one of the last lines of the film is, you can't kill the boogeyman. Yes, it's said by a kid, but I think it's... I mean, there was a really funny meme on well, that's it. Like, sorry, that's like classic statement of theme. Yeah. At the end, rather than at the beginning. The, there's a great... Um, uh, there's, a, there's, a gra- the human, yeah. there's a great gif that I saw in one of the Halloween Facebook message boards. <coughs> message boards. What is this, the 90s? Uh, one of the Facebook groups recently. What's <laughs> <Well>, she was. <laughs> <laughs> one of the Halloween Facebook... I saw a great gif in one of the Halloween Facebook groups recently and it it had that shot of Laurie at the end of the film where she says, it was the boogeyman and it shows Donald Pleasance's response shot and the quote is, as a matter of fact, it was an escaped mental patient. What the fuck? Are you 12, boogeyman? (laughs) And I think that's how some people do read it, but I've always thought, no, the the point of the ending is the child's view that Mm. it is the boogeyman is the correct one. And Laurie starts crying at the end of the film when she realises that he will never die. And unfortunately, that just doesn't connect with the new film. Dan, you... I totally agree with you. You, that's brilliant. That's, no, that's a brilliant reading. No, no, no. But it's a brilliant reading of it because I'm just sort of, I'm still just digesting the first film, mm. and I'm there going, D- he is still kind of alive at the end. It's yeah. that whole bit off the top of the roof, which they reference, kind of half lamely, 
Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of stuff in the new film that's, that's a bit arbitrary, a bit for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first film was, and I think you're right that there's something, they never say you're supernatural, mm-hmm. but I think if you'd sort of, I think, yeah, you're right, your, your thoughts are, if, if I was to write a script based on directly jumping off of that, but also 40 years have elapsed, yeah. like, why is, he in a, why, why is he being imprisoned? Yeah. Because he's not imprisoned in the first film. They've kind of. Well, he isn't. He's isn't. in a hospital. It's a, it's a. It's a mental hospital that he escapes from. Well, no, you no, no, but no. What I mean. What I mean is at the end of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy-eight. Yeah. He's 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 just disappeared, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. The, yeah, the yeah. Film just so ends. so, wouldn't it be more interesting? Because because it, it mm. was that's that's what confused me because yeah. I watched the yeah. I watched the latest one. I'm like, <clears throat> okay, so he's escaping from a mental hospital. Isn't that what he does every film? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then like and like when did he get captured? And I was like, I thought he didn't get captured. Well, apparently, this is, this is this is my unique take on it. Yeah. He didn't get captured, so for me, like you say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not a direct thing. He's basically escaped, and everyone's going, "No, he should be dead." I mean, is he Rasputin? Well, the implication I, what I thought was, <laughs> what I thought <laughs> the filmmakers of this film were saying was, at the end of the first Halloween, he got up and then was then arrested, found yeah. and caught, which is which is very lame. Which well, is which 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 hasn't got yeah. And like, pa- like to end on that and then go and then there's a little bit where he was putting cuffs and uh, they found yeah. him. They found him in a ditch. Mm. And yeah, put him in a van and take yeah. him to a mental hospital. That ending is really, really powerful. Yeah. I, mean, no. I agree with you. I mean, like, I think yeah, we said yeah. something like along the lines of as a standalone film that makes <laughs> it doesn't need a sequel. Yeah. 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 Halloween. Halloween yeah. is a serial killer film, but it's shot like a ghost story. Yes. Yeah. And even yeah, yeah. although I don't think of uh, Michael Myers as being like a, a ghost or a kind of supernatural figure in that sense, he is a very mysterious, enigmatic, spectral presence that appears. Yeah. I think so. You don't quite know what he is. I, I think it's good for the film because you've got you've got the Van Helsing Loomis character, yeah, who is very much he's evil. No, he's evil. He's evil. Yeah. Like like he never quite says he's the devil. He's got yeah. the devil in him or anything. But it's got that element to it. And I think if you'd carried that on, you should have written the sequel down. That the basically, basically your reading yeah. of it would have been the, the if if you basically had forty years where she's been looking over her shoulder, but he's never been captured. Yeah. That's oh, creepy as that hell. Been, that would have been better. That's, no, that's like, well, he's never been captured yeah. for 40 years. He's not. Because we've seen so many serial killers mm. in... Like, I was talking about science of violence. We've, we've seen so many serial killers in mental hospitals. Mm. So it was almost like they didn't even need to have that yeah. cliche at the beginning. I mean, and... Oh, of course, I'm, he escapes in, at the beginning. Yeah. They were it's going to happen, but like, well, why, did it, why did it need to happen? Because it doesn't happen in the... If they were burning all My, the in-between bits... Yeah. I mean, my other problem with it as a disconnect is that Laurie's motivation in this movie is to kill him. She has that line where she says, Mm. I prayed that he will escape so I can kill him. To me, at the end of the first film, she knows she cannot kill him. So therefore, she should want to make sure he stays locked up or something Mm. like that. Um, But then I always think, well, if he's a supernatural presence, he won't stay locked up. He can get out. Yeah. Mm. So why did he spend 40 years? Well, exactly. There's all these sort of... And if, if he just like reappeared like on the anniversary mm-hmm. of Halloween, like a like a ghost or something, like a I almost yeah. I mean I almost think they probably went. I don't know ha, ha, if he's a real person and then he escapes, then we've got our premise. Yeah, mm. we've got oh, our no. inciting incident. And yeah, no, they knew and that, that and they were going to reshoot the ending of the original. They even went as far as rebuilding the set, the bedroom set. They were going to reshoot it. Like well, seventy eight, they were. Yeah, yeah. They were going to use an, a double for Donald Pleasance, and they were going to show him capturing Michael Myers. And they didn't. Oh, you shoot mean in twenty eighteen? Yeah, going yeah, yeah. Right. It's going to be a flashback, and they they abandoned it for scheduling reasons or something. They couldn't find someone who looked like Donald Pleasance. Well, no, they had someone who looked like oh, Donald Pleasance, they? and they also had a different actor called Corey Mahan. Um, 
uh, Colin Mahan who did the Dr. Loomis voice on the tape that you did, which, to be honest, Awful. is my f- favourite crap bit <laughs> of the film, because it just, ma- after the second time I'd seen it, it just played in my head for the next day, and it just made me laugh constantly. The bit where he goes, Ash, and the, <laughs> weirdly, it just sounds like Dr. Loomis has had a stroke, yeah. and I think they should have made a joke. They should have just said it. Yeah. Because in the other films, he does refer to having a stroke at one point. Yeah. It would have explained why his voice sounded different. But he goes, I should be with him to ensure that life is extinguished. <laughs> it has to die. And then the tape screws up and he goes, It has to die. <laughs> and he just keeps doing that. And I just thought, what the hell? Um, oh, dear. But I did appreciate the fact that um, at least Dr. Loomis sounds American this time because in Halloween H2O, they also had... <coughs> Um, an actor doing the voice of Dr. Loomis mm. and they and they made a really interesting creative mistake which is that they got Donald Pleasance's real life best friend into the room and had him um, comment on the recording sessions with the actor and he and he told them to use the tape when he sounded most like Donald Pleasance but actually obviously Donald Pleasance was not American yeah <laughs> um, so at that point he was doing the wrong accent um, and that's the one they used it was to be fair his accent was as much as I like Donald Pleasance it wasn't the strongest no American accent. No, no, it wasn't. But he he he, he had a twang. Yeah, definitely. And, he, he definitely and, had and a, the H2O voice does not have a twang. And the new like one the, has the too much twang. It sounded like the Baldy guy off Mash. <laughs> the Baldy guy. Posh and Charles. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Which is a, which well, is he, a that's type a new of England. American accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a New England accent. Yeah, yeah. That's going to say, but but not upper class New England as well. Yeah. So I guess that's probably what the Pleasance was going for. So so those are like my. Oh, and the other thing I want to say is that um, I think how would you mention then? You know that um, they show too much of Michael in all the films, and I feel that that's true of this one as well. I think he looks good in this film, the way he's shot, the use of the mask, and things like that. But they still show him too much in the original film. He's always at the side of the frame yes, or he's yeah. in the distance. In this movie, he's right in the middle of the shot, walking along all the mm. time. The camera follows him, and that's a stylistic choice. That's fine. Uh, but and I think that kind of derives from the fact that the film sort of wants to, it wants to ignore the, the sequels and reference them too. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, I, I was annoyed with that. But anyway, you know, that's I'm just mentioning that because there's a spoiler-free thought again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, as, and I did find it bizarre that so much I think was rehashed from the sequels mm. like the whole um, bit in the middle of the film where Michael stalks and kills several random people mm. is basically yes. Halloween 2 it's yeah. the start of Halloween yeah. 2 um, and there's a bit where Michael's run over like I think from Halloween 4 there's the, the bit where he stalks the woman in the public toilet which is from Halloween yes. H2O yeah. um, there's there's loads and, and the whole thing of he escapes because he's been transferred from hospital to hospital is from Halloween 4 um, and well, I, I, yeah, I just thought what slightly cool. annoyed me about it was yes that they did ignore all the sequels between the first one and this one as if to say well those sequels are irrelevant they're inconsequential they're dead they're not very good and yeah. we can get them this is the real film this is the proper sequel mm. and it was just like all the others <laughs> it's yeah, better yeah. made it was, perhaps yeah. it was better made technically it was better made yeah. but it basically it did all the things that all the sequels did and it made all the kind of mistakes yeah. that all the sequels made it was, it was just another sequel it wasn't yeah, anything yeah. special and yeah, the kind of people making this film, you get the, the impression they did think they were doing something and the, special. And the more I think about more. what you said, Dan, the more I just think, <laughs> oh, if they just, if they just had departed from that, 
escaping from a moment because not just in the Halloween franchise mm. in so many mm. in the slasher franchise yeah. escaped mental patient yeah. for a sequel is is just ridiculous I yeah. bet they were there going why now you know you're, when you're writing a screenplay it's always why now so why yeah. is he back after 40 years yeah so and, and the reason why so, so they're probably going oh I can't think oh he's been in prison That'll do. That's going to... Yeah. I mean, my main frustration is I think that the ending of the film's terrific. And the the one idea they had to to centre it on Laurie and make it about how she got with her trauma was great. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the way the the whole uh, ending kind of fed it from that theme, it worked really well. But I don't think that the earlier part of the film sets that up well at all. Um, Just a couple of other spoiler-free thoughts. I did think the music was great. Um, I've recently re-listened to the podcast we did about the 1981 <coughs> Halloween 2 and I think it sounds like I'm, I'm really down on the music I think I just said the music's bad um, which I kind of did think in terms of the theme tune but actually that score which was by Alan Howarth using John Carpenter's themes uh, is actually rather a good score the problem in Halloween 2 which this film corrects is that the music's kind of not really that well used in Halloween 2 it's a bit too quiet um, it's kind of just randomly put under dialogue scenes. You know the whole the theme that you love, Howard, which I think he's called Laurie's theme on yes. the Halloween Two soundtrack. Is that that's just put underneath <coughs> people talking. Whereas in Halloween, it's all those long, spooky shots yeah. of empty streets. Mm. Um, the new film doesn't doesn't have that piece of music in it, and doesn't seem to be wanting to go for that kind of spooky eeriness at all which again disappointed me because it doesn't continue from the original but the the music that it does have is great and the way that music is used is great there's um, both the use of the original theme and the new stuff just works really well my favorite bit is uh, there's a scene uh, no spoilers where um, a key character sees Michael for the first time and she, and she knows who he is and she just sees him and recognises him and the music kind of goes whoa like that and it becomes this kind of drone that just keeps coming back and it reminds me of the score from Carpenter's The Fog mm-hmm. and it's just relentless and it, and it just is it's, it's wonderful So I do think there are great things in the movie, um, but ultimately, uh, I, I think possibly the greatest thing is just is, is the fact that it gave John Carpenter an opportunity to do a great score, and uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis has a wonderful leading role. And I, the film has been very successful, and I hope that it leads to more movies like that, which bring back older female iconic characters because we've gone through a long period where um, 
if you're a guy, it's okay to come back and do another sequel when you're mm. far too old, if, as long as you're John McClane or yeah. Rambo or whoever. Mm. But, you know, there are there are characters like Ripley and Sarah Connor and people like that who deserve to come. And the Terminator franchise is doing this as well. Did yes, you know that? that's yeah. right. The, new, ter- the yeah. new Terminator film it brings Sarah Connor back and ignores all the sequels in between Good. three, four, and five. So I Finally watched Salvation the other day. Oh right! Okay. Oh I, wow! I, I quite enjoyed. Do you know what? I didn't mind it as a as a midpoint. I didn't see coming. As opposed to apocalyptic action then, film, it's okay. But then, the yeah, the yeah. bad CGI oh, on it. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, and I just thought I keep mentioning Psycho too. So I think um, the reason that I felt it was uh, salient to compare this movie to Psycho two is because Psycho two came out more than two decades after the original. Mm. Um, and the original is like a classic film and a lot of people don't really rate Psycho 2 I do but it doesn't compare to the original film really but it's not trying to be what it's trying to be is a movie about what Norman Bates is like 20 years later and mm. as such it's it's successful it's a character study and that's what this new film kind of wants to be it wants to be that for Laurie and but, I don't think it does that as well but also yeah. Psycho 2 is so audacious I mean God bless John Carpenter, but he's not Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> yeah, just to go to go, oh, we're going to make yeah, a sequel yeah. to a John Carpenter yeah, movie. Of is like okay, fair enough. They mm. were quite <coughs> low brow anyway, but this is a Hitchcock movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've I've not seen it myself, but I've heard it's very very underrated as a as a mm. film. Yeah, as, it is. As it's a sequel to and Psycho. Jeremy Lee Curtis was nearly in it. Really? As well, they wanted to cast her as the daughter of. The, the niece of Janet Lee's character. Ah. Um, but, so, yeah, they, they, Meg Tilly played that role instead in the end, and she's very good. Yes. Fiona Miles is in it, though. They bring Fiona Miles back. Oh, have I gone mad? Is Jamie Lee Curtis... Oh, no, she's Tony. I'm getting Jennifer Jason Lee and Jane, Jamie Curtis mixed up. <coughs> Jennifer Jason Lee yeah. is the daughter of, or granddaughter of Janet Lee. Um, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis is Tony Curtis. That's right. Jamie Lee Curtis is the daughter Lee. of Janet Lee and Tony Curtis. They were married. Yeah. So, t- Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis is married to Janet. Oh, so that's so. Forget Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Jason Leigh is. So, so yeah. So that's that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was a psycho connection, last girl connection. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. midpoint. Midpoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just before we move on to spoilers, then mm. a question mm. for you, Ian. Uh, in our previous podcast, which was about Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, I thought mm. I talked about earning the title of Halloween. Mm. So this movie's called Halloween. The 1978 mm. film is called Halloween. That's not confusing. Mm. Uh, or which film do you think <laughs> better earns or better suits that title? Well, the first one. Yes. Okay. Because it's nice and ambiguous and stands alone <clears throat> in a. I mean, it's no Jaws. That Jaws is an amazing, much better film than Halloween. But in a similar sort of way. Oh, we can have an argument. About well, no, but in, in, a, in a similar way, the Jaws sequels are oh, things you fight. have to. Same with Alien, you kind of have to ignore the sequels. Mm. Maybe with the difference that maybe Aliens is still a good mm. film. Certainly is. Mm. But, um, no, I'd say, but but generally you have these movies. Game you have these man. horrible. It's a Hollywood tradition. You have these horrible franchises that come out of them, mm. and if you, it can keep you awake at night because retrospectively they ruin the, the good film. <laughs> like the horror of the horror films <laughs> just, just like like Alien Alien I love Alien so much when Aliens came along it was like oh my god it's actually good mm-hmm. and it's really good and those two films so it's almost like they're the original film mm. so 
just James Cameron's a genius. Mm. And all the films that have come after have made me want to kill. And when we get onto the prequels, it's just like. So I would love. Oh, God. I, I was fantasizing all the way driving over here. Like, actually, you know, because James Cameron wrote it as a spec mm. script. He wrote a sequel to Alien as a spec script. Mm. With, with the with Holst's Mars suite playing, didn't he? Yeah. Um, that was. He wrote Terminator and he wrote. Aliens and Rambo at the same time. And he wrote, he wrote Rambo. He wrote Rambo two at the same say, time yeah. as writing Aliens. But he's just there, oh. and I was just, I just, I, and I was just, going, I was having this fantasy of going. Do you know what? On the back of Halloween, and now what they're doing with Terminator, is it not time for something that picks up? Ripley and Newt and and Hicks. Well, that, wasn't that wasn't forty that years? Be 30, Thirty years on. Weirdly, that's what they were going to do yeah. two years ago. Wasn't Neil, Neil Blomkamp. Well, yeah, Neil, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, the Neil Blomkamp. So and Ridley Scott apparently cancelled it, but I think maybe now it will be reconsidered. I given hope so because that, that sounded like an amazing idea. Yeah, just so they've got to do it quickly because Sigourney Weaver is like seventy-three. Yeah. <laughs> so well, if they don't do it, I mean, what, what's the What's the, this is really off topic, but what's the woman who played Newt doing? Uh, I'll tell you what. We'll talk about this at the <laughs> yeah. end of the podcast. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to. We'll, 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 I want to compare the yeah. Halloween franchise with other yeah, franchises, yeah. so we'll do that then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that I think. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, and just to follow on from your point about the titles. Yeah, I think the new film they've called it Halloween because they couldn't think of anything better, but he actually has the same problem that Zombies Halloween had. The movie doesn't really have anything to do with Halloween, apart from the fact that it's set on Halloween. You know, the title in the original mm-hmm. stands for witchcraft and magic and atmosphere and uh, and strangeness, and none of that's in this movie. So why is it just called Halloween? Somebody suggested it should have just been called Michael Myers or The mm-hmm. Shape, which mm-hmm. I think uh, you could have not set it on Halloween. That's yeah. how yeah. irrelevant the date of of Halloween is to this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Those are our spoiler-free thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've seen the film by now. If you haven't, go away and watch it. Or don't. Watch the last half hour. Um, and come back and... and don't now- watch the last half hour. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Like really? Okay, well, let's let's get on there then. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, I think we'll start with you then, Ian. So what, what are your spoilerish thoughts on this movie? Um, well, I think, as I mentioned before, I just thought her going from surviving Halloween to having then spent 40 years preparing for the apocalypse mm. based on I one, kind of agree one crazy that. person doesn't uh, like I think like I said before it's almost like the, 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 the mythos around Michael Myers came as a result of all these awful films in between all the sequels all mm. the it's uh, oh he's up there with you know he's a Jason Voorhees mm. and a Freddy Krueger mm. It's almost like this, you're supposed to go into those films going, oh my God, they're the devil, they're the demon. They're, but, but if you ignore all those films, then he was a serial killer who, at the age of whatever he was, six, killed his sister, yeah. then escaped, went on a killing spree and went missing. Yeah. And if nothing has happened in between, then why the hell has Jamie Curtis not got her life together a little bit more? Yeah. And why is she preparing for the apocalypse? And why, like, she's even more mad. Yeah, she's yeah. basically prepared for the apocalypse and just brought her daughter up yeah. taught her how to shoot guns and all sorts yeah. just because she got attacked once and the film does know that by a knife yeah. in but America it doesn't, it doesn't develop that at all it doesn't I do have yeah, the yeah. sense that when she says I've had two failed marriages and you kind of think well could this character have had 
Yeah. I can't imagine her being married. I can't imagine mm. her, this life that she's had between the first film and this one if she's just this manic figure still after all this time. Uh, you, you would be traumatised, yes, if you were attacked by a serial killer and all your friends were murdered. But this is 40 years later. She's supposed to have had two marriages and brought up these, these children. I just couldn't quite see how she could have done that and I, still been... I mean, if, she, if she'd I been think, driven mad... Yeah. And then we basically find out for 40 years she's, 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 not, got, she's not got divorced because she's never been able to get married... And she's and she's basically been in a mental institution. Mm. I I see it as then, that she's she's dealt seemingly dealt with it. Like for for all intents and purposes, she's mm. put it behind her. She's gone. I have to lead a normal life. I have to you know have all the things that normal life encompasses: marriage, kids, all that. I'm going to focus on that as much as I can. But all the way throughout her life, it's it's she wasn't totally healed. She wasn't mm. totally. All the the work she's done, it's still eating away at her bit by bit, every day, every hour, every minute, till it breaks down her relationships with her daughter, with her husbands, and it, and then she gets to that point that it's all that she is now. That's all that she is, and to cope with it is this prep, all this preparation, all this you know training. That this is something. This is her coping mechanism. This is how she deals with that trauma that was never really fully dealt with or exercised from her um, and that's all that she has now that's that is her life and I feel like that's why we we find her at that point in the film I find the lorry in Halloween H2O mm. it's much more believable I can believe she was married mm. and had children and it, it seemed much more authentic so I've not of, seen it but is she, is she sort of she's got on with her life yes, and, got and, on and, 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 and she's, she's quite normal and then he yeah, then he, he escapes. Yeah. Well, well, he, he doesn't escape. She, she thinks he, uh, he may be out there somewhere and she's scared that he'll come for her, but mm. she's kind of in hiding in that film. So right. it's a bit Sim- similar, similar film, isn't it? In right. Way. Well, it, I mean, oh, and this is something I should have said in spoilers, but never mind. In, mm. in non spoiler. I do like the fact that we have got essentially two versions of what happened to Laurie and two very different performances from Jamie Lee Curtis Mm. about what happened to Laurie because I think something about mythic characters is that they have contradictory stories told about them Mm. like Robin Hood, you know and it's great I I, I could stand to have more different Laurie stories I think she's a really interesting character she's a really interesting actress um, Jamie Lee Curtis is, I, th- I think, and I don't blame Scout Taylor Compton for what happened to Laurie in the Robber Zombie films. Mm. It's not the actress's fault, it's all about the writing. Um, I did like that, and, and, and actually, this movie made me feel good about the fact, well, it made me like H2O more, and I already liked it a lot. Um, yes, but uh, but uh, I think it's strengthened by the fact that there are things that this movie probably does better than H2O. But it's okay because you've got both movies. You know, it's called H two O because that's shit. It's a stupid it's, title. Yeah, no one knows. Twenty years, I'm twenty so years later. Water. Yeah, it's <laughs> because <laughs> someone at the studio was too it's thick. To, I think they thought it was called H twenty. And nobody realised that when you look at it and you read it aloud, it's a screenwriter. was supposed to be the most intelligent person in the room. I don't think a screenwriter. Oh, in my experience, it's absolutely not. No. She also she also got short hair in Halloween H two O, which. I like. Oh yeah. Well, well <laughs> enough. Right. Less um, easy to grab. Yeah, she's a very attractive woman. Um. So yeah, I I I, I like your reading, Dan. I think 
you can read the movie you can infer that mm. I think possibly as a function of the fact that this movie is 40 years later it doesn't show us any of the yes, that's time true, yeah. they don't really set that up but you can infer it mm. and and I think a lot of people have and, and, and that's fine I think um, that's I think I, I think there's inferring and it's there in the movie and then there's fans filling in the gaps yeah mm. yeah oh yeah sure then I mean Oh no, I don't. This is like Stephen Moffat era Doctor Who. It's like, no, you shouldn't have to do all that filling in those gaps. Yeah, yeah. that's bad writing. And I think, I think from from 1978 to 2018, there's not enough. There's not enough in there to make you go. This is what has convincingly happened to this woman. No, like, like she's 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 a mad woman. In a in a in a cabin with yeah. with a with a trap for Michael Myers, which and you which know is what? so stupid, I, <laughs> which I just don't like. I was okay. That's interesting. Um, I was disappointed that you know, the movie is so much about her trauma. You know, like you say, it's it's minimised what Michael Myers did to this the very simple thing that he killed her friends, mm. and yet and and that's the um, event that has traumatised her and ruined her life. Mm. But the movie never talks about the friends. She never once remembers Linda or Annie. Um, there's no flashbacks. There's no mention. Uh, where's the cameo appearance from Charles Cyphers, <laughs> Sheriff Brackett, whose daughter was killed in the first film? Yeah, he's retired somewhere. I think there's a line in Halloween 4, which is he's in Malibu or something. Um, huh. But, you know, Martini? just get him on the phone. Um it, it doesn't do that at all. It doesn't think about those characters, and and I think that's very very strange. So the the cop who's in the 2018 one, he yeah. says he was there that night. Is he's that, not. Is he's that, not in the original film. He's not in the original film because no. I thought maybe he was, and I didn't remember. No, he was going to be if they had done what they planned to do and reshot the ending of the first film. <coughs> there was going to be a yeah. young actor playing oh, the I young see. version of that character. Retroactive continuity going yeah. on. Yeah. I see, but it wasn't from 1978. No, not at all. I was there that night when they captured him. Yeah. I see. Yeah, again, he, he, he's there as in mostly as a plot, a yeah, plot, plot explainer. Yeah. It's like, they captured him, I know because I was there. And there's that line about... And we also um, know because he's in hospital. Mm. Yeah. He's in the prison. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, you know... Um, yeah, I, I, found, I found all that... Um, him being in prison was basically the first bad creative decision of probably a and the knock on from that was why the film didn't quite work for me because that was dodgy and predictable yeah and and to try and go oh like you said they basically in one movie they made all the same mistakes as a bunch of schlocky mm. cash in sequels did and yeah. they kind of did mm. it themselves but trying to pretend they were better than that yeah um, and they made lots of the same errors mm. I think this is a good point to talk about an actor called Haluk Bilgener, who plays Dr. Sartain. Ah. I think you, you might mention him as, as, as something you didn't like in the movie. The, the, the Loomis. The new yeah. Loomis. The new Loomis. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say that um, I didn't know who Haluk Bilgener is, but I looked him up. He's a Turkish actor, Turkish-British actor, and he right. used to be in EastEnders. Oh, right. Oh, right. That's his main, huh. uh, his main author. I think he's good. And you know what? Oh, nothing, uh, against, nothing, nothing against any of the actors mm. or the that, art department that, or anything. The film looks great, and everyone's doing their job. Mm. But, but the that problem is, the, is idiotic, I think. It's, it's when it starts going... The whole thing just seems desperate. And then the fact that they've got... It's a trap. I've built this big thing as a trap. It's just like... But I think the it's, every, it's every, everything the original wasn't. The original was 
quite believable with maybe a supernatural hint. That's a really good tone to get. The original film. And this one, this one, this one had the stupid, had the, lots of stupid sequely stuff in. Oh the, yeah, the, the original, <laughs> the original film had no twists. It yeah. just told the story. There was no sudden yeah, changes, yeah. reverses. It just told the story of and Michael the twist was right. these the, people. The twist so, was at the end, wasn't it? Which well, was, even so, it's which not... Which was, you can't kill the boogeyman, but then he didn't go, he's definitely a supernatural mm. being. It just I went, suppose that's a twist in a way, but it's mm. not kind of... An, yeah, yeah, but no, It's but just but a sort of an extra little supernatural sting, thing at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. This film has idiotic twists, like the Doctor suddenly killing the sheriff. Yeah, know, yeah. Because he wants to take Michael Myers to see his family and see what happens. And, yeah. And I thought, that is absurd. It's just... It was just... Ridiculous. Well, and it's a plot twist just for the sake of having a plot twist. I, I liked it for two reasons. I didn't like it. It is rubbish. But I will give it two things. One, it's at least it surprised me late in the film when I was yeah. getting annoyed that the film was like stale and repetitive. Yeah. I just thought, oh, that's something I've not seen before. Where's it going? Two minutes later, it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> you realise it's just a plot device to get Michael to Laurie's house, yeah. which they should have thought of in a different, a better way. Um, the other, but um, the other thing I liked about it was just that it. it because he was basically Loomis too, mm. this makes him different. Yeah. Um, it, that if if you were going to have Michael's doctor character in the movie, he, ha- he has to fulfil a different plot function yeah. to Loomis. Yes. If you have to have a doctor in it. No, you, you don't, don't have, have to. Have you don't have to. I'd, I'd, I'd argue that that actually Laurie is the new Loomis. Yes, she is. Oh yeah, no, yeah, she she's is. She's the one yeah. going. He's evil. She's the, the she's the Ahab going after Moby Dick. You know, she's that. She's Sarah she Connor going. It will not stop. Exactly. Yeah. Will not. Absolutely. <laughs> will not stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's. I think she fills that that void within that. She's the older character, but she's also kind of marrying the, yeah, those she's two totally, characters. She's together. totally got the mantle. It, if if I don't know, I just find the whole thing frustrating because. The original is good, and then I find. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you when I, I just basically it wasn't. It didn't quite get there for me as a movie. It'd be mm. a three-star movie. I'll tell you when I, I as a sequel to get as a standalone film. Disillusioned yeah. with it is it's in the scene and it's a brilliant. It starts well. I think it, it, it's well, and there's a really eerie, terrific scene where there's a boy and his dad driving a car, yeah. and the, the, oh, the bus yeah. has gone off the road, and all the inmates of the institution are wandering around, and yeah. it's at night. You know what I liked about that scene most of all was that the kid with the gun is really competent. Yeah. You know, there's a bit where he comes up to the, um, he finds a cop unconscious and he nudges him with his gun and he, he carefully turns his gun over and nudges him with the butt. Yeah. Um, you know, he does, uh, they do the bit in a, a little bit later that he accidentally shoots Dr. Sartain. But I just love the fact that the character who discovers that everything's gone to hell is a, a really competent child. Also, yeah, but who's a ballet yeah. dancer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wants to be a ballet dancer, but then, and there's a really great scene, he's wandering around, then he gets in the car, and then Michael Myers kills a child. Mm. And unnecessarily, Michael Myers just got in the car, drove up, yeah. left the child. Yeah. Like he did in the first film, he left Nancy Stevens, he yeah. stole the car. Yeah. Why are we killing a child? That's when I thought, I'm not gonna like this. Right. That just seems entirely gratuitous. It's yeah. like, oh, aren't we tough killing children? We're gonna kill children on this. Although they didn't kill a little black boy. He didn't, was kill, very cute. he didn't kill he, the baby either. He was my favourite character. Yeah, I think he, he was my favourite character. <laughs> oh, he was, yeah, yeah. If there's going to be a sequel, I want him to be Can the I lead. say, yeah, he was great, and also we don't know that he didn't die. Nobody yeah. at any point says he's True. definitely not been killed, he yeah. just runs off. Yeah, yeah, but I think, he can, I think his line is something like, fuck this shit! <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah. literally yeah, runs out. If you don't see someone die in a film where it's very graphic, I think it's safe to say they did. Yeah, I, think, I think he made yeah. it, I think he ran off. He's not like the one cop that survived in Terminator. There's a great scene. There is, there's great scenes. There's, there's great stuff in this. It's like he says, oh, there's something in my room, and she looks around. There's nothing yeah. there. And says, well, I can't close the yeah. closet door. Yeah. You know, and Michael Myers is there. That's great. That was scary. Mm. I like that. 
But then it all did all yeah. this. I did. I did like the closet stuff. stuff because he was hiding in closets, and previously she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, kind of thing, that yeah. stuff was all, all that nice stuff's enough. Cool. All that stuff's great. I mean, all right, let's. Okay, I just want to mention because we talked a lot about stupid things. Mm-hmm. This was what was getting, uh, was annoying me. Stupidity, pointless stupidity by characters to facilitate plot, which you get a lot in slasher movies. Yeah. There's, um, there's the stupidity of the bit where, well, firstly, Laurie watches uh, Michael's boss leave the hospital when he's being transferred and it's a really powerful moment where you see her scream in the car and it's brilliantly acted. Those things are great, yeah. yeah. But it's like, but why doesn't she follow the boss? If she's that obsessed, why does she just let them drive off? And yeah. then later finds out that, that he's escaped. And then she goes to her daughter's house specifically to tell them that Michael Myers has escaped and does not tell them <laughs> so that there's another 15 minutes mm. where they don't know that there's, there's danger. Yeah. And, and then there's the scene in the midst of that where um, Laurie's granddaughter's at the Halloween party and she has an argument with her boyfriend who throws her phone in the custard yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that nobody can ring her up and it's like and, and I, I, just, I yeah. just feel like, like, like if it was water I could understand like the custard probably isn't going to seep through the phone if it's a phone you don't go oh I'm definitely going to need that because there might be serial killers yeah. you go well I'm going to put that in some rice <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know when I'm about to be attacked by a serial killer but like, you dick I can't use this tonight yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but the consistency of custard I wouldn't seep through into <laughs> no, the phone wouldn't, it's no. wooden no, it would just, you'd just wipe it clean it'd be fine if it, it was, was water if it was yeah. punch if it was a punch bowl fair enough that's yeah. probably fucked um, yeah. but, but custard angel delight demand <laughs> dream topic all of that all sticky topic so I, I put my phone in all of those things and every, every movie every movie has just to, every, every, yeah, every modern nice. horror film has to deal with the mobile phone yeah that yeah, has yeah. to yeah. do something yeah. but, but, but think, to do it like that was just but also but I, I don't know but you, the thing is with horror movies I actually think <laughs> there is an idea that's grown up that intelligent people subscribe to that you have to have some stupid characters in horror films otherwise nothing would ever happen yeah. I think that's cool. Don't run up the stairs, bitch! <laughs> that, no, but you know, I think that makes a comedy horror film. Well, no, and that's what the well, slasher no, no. genre is, and which Halloween yeah, yeah, isn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Halloween, Halloween might be like Freddy Krueger and all those things, which mm. I've never liked. Yeah. They're all in that mm. stupid, stupid, but stupid, beautiful people what? that we quite want to die. That's the whole thing. But, but, no, but Halloween I, is almost like you don't really want the beautiful people to die because mm. they're not that. I'm not saying they're not that beautiful. They're normal people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're it's likeable horrible. people. They're, they're likeable normal, likeable people, and she's a nerd, yeah. which is why it makes it different. But the other thing is, I mean, this ha- there's a recent example of this, which was Alien Covenant. In mm. that movie, everybody's stupid, and nobody knows what's going on until it's too late, and there's no tension as a result. Um, 20 years ago. And, and um, <laughs> Sorry? Alien Covenant. Oh, Alien Covenant. 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 Yeah, Alien 4, yeah. No, no. Oh, Alien, Alien, Covenant. Co- Alien Covenant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that actually even the intelligent writers and directors of these movies actually think no we've got to put some stupid stuff in here that's what horror, horror is mm. and it's nobody seems to realise that it's actually even more frightening when characters know what's going on and have to yeah. deal with it it's, it's why a, the best scene in The Birds yeah. is the one bit in the this, middle where they get together in a cafe and talk about the fact that birds are killing everyone the rest of the movie yeah. is people aren't aware of what's yeah. going on there's, there's a pull out quote in this SFX here from, from Bloom the the, you know, the Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse, yeah. yeah. Clean, simple storytelling isn't boring. That's the scariest. And he's right, but that's not what this film does. No. no. Clean, simple storytelling is the exorcist, where people are people are act like real people yeah. in, a, in, a, in a supernatural situation How, I mean, or alien where they act like real people it might, it might go back to why I don't find these movies scary because I'm not 
that bothered about gore. Mm. I can watch gore all day, mm. and <laughs> uh, and it doesn't scare me uh, unless it's really visceral, mm. which which is, brings us on to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre also is emotionally true in that it's horrible and creepy, and the kids aren't that stupid. Mm. They're just innocent lambs to the yeah. slaughter, yeah. and it's that it's getting that, that sort of tradition of the slasher movie. It's fine. That's kind of a thing, but that's not scary. That's 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 a com. That, to me, that's a comedy film. Mm. Like all the all the Wes Craven stuff, I've never been that bothered about them. They're, they're comedy movies mm. with blood in them, which is what bad taste is. Mm. You know, which is what you could the Monty you, Python movies are. You could argue with <laughs> with Halloween, it created a lot of the staples of the slasher yeah, genre. But it's apart from them. Well, yeah. no. I mean, you can argue that one. You know, she runs up the stairs. That that was in that film, and that yeah, cemented yeah. as a slasher thing. She also drops the knife. So she, for an academic, she does still make mistakes yeah. in in her panic state, which anybody would. But do. but they feel like normal. They, in Halloween, she, they, everyone feels like normal people. Right. They don't feel like people that are caricatures. In in, 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 in in 2018, you know. So many moments I was going, oh god! So, like the the scene with the crash bus, they look like people from a mental hospital wandering around, and the dad just says, "Oh, just get out." <laughs> that makes the tone of the film totally different from yeah. from a from Halloween. That makes it like one of the crappy Halloween sequels, I imagine, mm. where people do. Not all Halloween just, sequels are crappy, by the way. They're well, all great. They're all amazing. Yeah, oh, are they? But, but you know what? I've not seen them, but you know, like your standard, your standard 80s slasher, yeah, yeah. where people do go off and do stupid things, and that's the fun of them. The, the, I guess. But, but that to me was like, okay, he's just gone out. Why has he gone out? And mm. then and then the kid gets out. Yeah. And then the kid shoots the doctor. Yeah. And then again, yeah. another plot. This is different, but another plot thing that happens that has no consequence later in the script. Yeah. Mm. He yeah. gets shot. Why does he get shot? Does that do anything later on? No, no. no. It, it's well, just, it's it just make, to have a, it's yeah. just to have a bit of a. It, uh, make, it makes it's a fake out scare. That's well, what it is. But just and stupid. it makes the weird scene where he does the killing and holds Michael Myers's body into the car and does a lot of stuff just really awkward because he's yeah. only got one functioning arm. <laughs> you just think she can't get out past this unconscious big man and a one arm and a guy with <laughs> one arm. You know, uh, yeah. We've only got less than twenty minutes left, okay. so let's. Yeah. I just want to skip on to let's talk about the ending of the film I've said mm-hmm. that I think the last half hour is great I think uh, I mean it does contain the Dr. Sartain twist mm-hmm. but basically and, and you've got to skip over that it also contains the Halloween 5 cops talking yes. about sandwiches mm. um, however I think this the comedy in this one actually works as opposed to the, the one in that one some of it is kind of funny and, yeah. and there are there are funny moments in this film you know Undoubtedly, we talked about the kid and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but I think basically, I think the the ending is <coughs> really good. I'll just say that again. I think the ending's really good, but I th- I feel like that was their whole idea and their whole pitch for the movie. We're gonna have this ending. Laurie Strode's a badass. She's she's created a house which seems to be a defensive thing, but it's actually a trap for Michael Myers. And her whole plot is to lure him into it and trap him. And they do a load of sequences. The 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 build up to that Laurie stalking mm. through the rooms and locking off each room in the house mm. things like that really great and then the moment at the end the turnaround moment where Michael is shot and they trap him in the cellar and, and the bars come down and all that 
I think he's fantastic, and I love the moment where they're activating the gas and that's going to yeah. burn the house. And I love the way that when the bars have come across, Michael just kind of stands there looking at them, and there's almost like I think you 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 described it as like an almost childlike quality. Yes, yeah. Um, it's like mm. he doesn't know why they're doing it, and I like the fact that it's like there are three generations of women whose lives have basically been ruined by what he did, mm. and he uh, and they are executing vengeance, and he doesn't know why that is, and he just stands there. Mm. Um, and I thought that was a really satisfying ending mm. to a different movie. Yeah, I think basically they they wrote that. It's almost dog-like, isn't it? They, the dogs just waiting outside yeah. to be let in, kind of like that. And they they pitched. I I feel like the screenwriters pitched that as what the movie would be. But then they realised they had to write a film leading up to that ending and they didn't know what to do. I also found I also found the whole trap thing just beyond the realms of what would happen in in it feels more what would happen in a movie with a different tone to the Halloween. Mm. Original Halloween movie. Yeah. Like she built she built an elaborate trap. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I, but it just just doesn't seem real to me. It yeah, like I know what you mean. It just, I don't know. Probably something out of a saw film, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah that but kind no, of that kind of thing. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, which is, which I, is I a think different it, thing from if they were, if they if their task was to make a sequel to 1978 yeah. Halloween. Oh no, I, not I, have all the gibberish that mm. gets added on to the franchise. But if they'd <laughs> have done that ending and led up to it properly, it would be a great movie. It if would the, be a good sequel to Halloween. But it would be a great movie, I think, and I think that's what they thought they were making. If it had been a, yeah, I just, I just think the whole problem is that she's dedicated her life to being scared of someone who basically killed five people. Yes. Then, deal with it. I mean, <laughs> like it's, it's okay. She'd be traumatized. She'd grow up. She'd be like, it's all. It's more like the realistic version of it would be, I put that behind me, and despite him, I went and studied hard, yeah. and. And then you maybe just have her still having dreams, and I just if they'd latched onto the you can't kill the boogeyman, yeah, she's always at the back of her mind. Yeah, I think the problem. Then, but then they have to find the reason of why does he come back now. I think the problem is the problem they've had, as I've said with all the sequels. I've said this so many times, I kind of bored with myself for saying it, but I'm gonna. I'm sure people listening might be bored with me saying it as well. But I keep saying it because I think it's right. The first film is not about the killing; it's about what happens between the killings. And this film seemed to be about the killing. Yeah. So by the time we get to the ending, no matter how good it is, we've had all that other stuff. As we said, Michael Myers in the first film is this, because it's Halloween, this playful, he's playing tricks on these kids, isn't he? He's, mm. he's sort of appearing and disappearing, putting sheets over his head, that sort of stuff. Mm. Now, as this film is supposed to be a sequel, a direct sequel to that, I thought Michael Myers was going to be like that. He was going to be the playful, enigmatic, mm. weird well, so character did I, he and was. The, there was a hint of that in the, the um, trailer because of the, that moment where, he, this moment, which we can see a picture of in front of us, where he's pulled the guy's teeth out. Mm. And he seems to have done that specifically so he can drop teeth down in front of the woman on the toilet and frighten her. Yeah. Mm. You know. And what, then, but then he kills her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, a, well, that's kind of... In the first film, I mean, I don't think you can really analyse the, the wife uh, for of, of most of what he does, yeah, exactly. and that's, that's kind of the appeal of it. Mm. But he does, he tends to, when he does kill, I feel like he's only doing it to set up something mm. to frighten someone else. Mm. Yeah, well, um, that's what he's frightening, that's what Kim Newman is, frightening people. There's only two yeah. bits in the movie where he does that, there's that bit, 
and there's um, also the bit where he's turned the cop's head into a jack-o'-lantern, which yeah. I thought was quite it a nice visual. He also puts that, that uh, ghost sheet over one oh, of yeah. the victims yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think what the problem is that Michael Myers now, even though this is supposed to be a sequel to the first one, Michael Myers has become this cult yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. And the makers of this film can't pretend that he's not that. Yeah. We've had all these films. We, everybody knows he wears his mask and he's this big, tall, robotic figure. So they have to have him doing that. Yeah. They have to have him being as the audience expects him to be and as they believe him and the yeah. ones who've seen all the sequel. That's what Michael Myers does. It's, it's also, it the public be, perception of Michael Myers is not necessarily what he actually was in the first film. Like if Michael Myers had killed five people in 1978, all the serial killers in the world, he wouldn't have a podcast about it. No, no. He wouldn't be that, he'd just be, this is, he'd be like a curio. Yeah. He's not Ed Gein, he's not, he's yeah. not, he's yeah. not any of the real, you know, yeah, yeah. They, they wouldn't. They wouldn't make a podcast about a man who killed five people in one day. It's not even a spree. Maybe, not even, maybe, not they, maybe, maybe the podcast. It's, it's, not even, it's not even a reign of terror. Yeah, but he did address as William Shatner, which is most, <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's the most terrifying thing. Yeah, that is terrifying. Uh, okay, so um, so so, so I, in a way, they they would have had the thing where it would be a local legend, which they could have used instead of making it. So big and glo- yeah, yeah, global. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. It's a local legend that then would have kept it local. And people, people would have gone. Oh, do you remember what happened there forty years ago? It would be a creepy, you know, where I live. Someone got killed and they never got yeah. caught. And it makes fire and, tail and, and, and no, you know, no one outside of the few villages around it probably knows about it. <laughs> and the cops yeah. in cops. Delamere, but somebody got killed twenty years ago and nobody knows who did it. It's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and, and if and if a murder happens again, it will be really creepy and it will be really local. Can, can, I, can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, it's mostly to, to Howard and Dan. Mm-hmm. In regards to all the films we've watched, yeah. where does this sit in the, in the, the, pantheon. Top, the pantheon of all the films we've watched? Which is your Phantom Menace? What is your, yeah. top, what is your top three, top five? <laughs> I, and does it fall in? I thought about this when I was walking out of the cinema, trying to find my way back to the station. I thought, where, where does it sit? And I thought, mm-hmm. I didn't like this as much as Halloween H2O, because okay. I just think that's a better made film, mm. and I like the way Laurie's portrayed in that, mm. and I didn't like it as much as Halloween 2, mm. which I thought was very stylistic. The Rob Zombie, films. or the... Well, of course the Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Halloween 2. The Rick Rosenthal. Uh, and actually, I, in a way, I thought some of the other one, like Halloween 4, in a way was more interesting, because at least it was trying to do with the Daniel Harris mm. character. And something different. Was trying to do something different. This just seemed like a very generic slasher film. Mm. This is like, the, this is a Michael Myers film, because this is what the public expects Michael Myers to be like. Mm. He go, there's one scene where a woman's in a house, just, we don't know who she is, <coughs> she's just in this house, and he goes round the back and yeah. kills her, and, the, and that's... Yeah, yeah, why does he do that? Why does he do that? Well, no. Because they need another killing. For, well, for I, like, I, I like the fact, I think some people like the fact that they're setting up the fact that he just kills at random, they're, they're kind of getting away from that family connection thing. He kills mm. his family members. Yeah, but it's too many people. Oh, yeah, and but I'm not saying it's <coughs> good. I'm not saying that's a good scene, but I do think it's quite well shot. I don't think it's emotionally or stylistically effective in what I want, in terms of what I want to get out of the movie. Um, I th- we're running out of time, so I think we just... Have, we're just... By the way... So, your question, so, Dan. I put it above fifth. Fifth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's one of the it's one of the better ones, mm. um, and I like it as an alternative version to H two O. I think H two O is a more satisfying movie, but possibly this one has a better ending. Okay. Um, uh, in t- and in terms of the ending, 
I, I want another question to us, which I guess is is more. Well, now, for, what do people think of the ending in terms of? Do we feel like it's setting up another sequel? I hope not. I really hope not. Do, whether I think, or not I think you it's. Hope, I think it's in never. I, no, I think whether, it's, if it's makes you, a lot of money, yes, it's setting up it's, another it's, sequel. It's done. It's done its money. We will. I will put money on the fact. That no, we, no, no. We'll, we'll no, no, see no. A sequel. But it's there will be a sequel. <laughs> there is no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think the ending of this film sets up a sequel? It's like there is. We a don't sequel see him to, die. We just yeah. see. We just see him burn. Yeah. Yeah. Seemingly burn. See, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just see him standing in the flames, yeah. looking very impassive. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm trying to remember. Do they do they have to run out before it all blows up? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they jump on the back yeah. of a truck. He's in his escape pod. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I, I do. I know. I do. Well, that's funny. <laughs> I do remember yeah. thinking one of the reasons I possibly liked the ending so much is I felt he did a few things which they can't take back. Like Michael Myers gets some fingers shot off, and I think they also chop one of his hands off when they're kind of stopping him do climbing they? out. Have yeah, she strikes at his arm with a big cleaver. Um, it d- and it looked to me, but both times I saw it, like it looked like she chopped at his hand. Yeah. I think they cut it in such a way that you could probably play it either way. She either yeah. just cut him, but I, I, I felt like it was sort of going in that direction. Yeah. Um, and you could leave it off, but of course they are going to do another sequel. The other th- idea I've got is that uh, I think the thing that we're all most excited about this film is that it dumps the idea that Laurie is Michael's sister. That's something that comes in oh, yeah, in all yeah. the sequels. Um, and I feel that they did that, but they didn't realise that that means there's no reason for Laurie to be in the film because there's no reason why he would come after her. And why, why does she think he's going to come after her? Someone who, I think another reviewer pointed out, he, he met her for a few minutes in 1978. Um, and the other thing is what it does do from a filmmaking point of view or from a production point of view is that they can make sequels now which don't need to have the Strode family don't need to have Jamie Lee Curtis in they are free of that I don't think they're talking about that at the moment but I feel that inevitably Jamie Lee Curtis is going to step away and it'll just become about Michael Myers killing him when I was watching it in the cinema I just thought I hope he's dead Yes. (laughs) finally he's dead because I don't I think, think everybody hopes that more. in the yeah. film. Yeah, well, in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just think there's nothing really more to be getting. He won't be. No, he won't be. But. So I've got two final questions, and we're going to have to answer them very quickly because we've okay. got five minutes. Okay. Multiple okay. choice. So, <laughs> so, well, I think actually you've all answered, my, you've answered, you've, you've answered my um, first question, which is do we think the film should or could have been better? Yes. And if so, how? Uh, yes. The short answer kind, is yes. We've kind of outlined it. I just want to quickly say um, do you want to. T- Pitching down because um, you haven't really said. Um, I, just, I I enjoyed it for for the most part. I, mm. The only thing that I really didn't like was the the um, the really cliche of I heard a noise. Mm. Go outside and look, you big strong man. And I was like, I was like, honestly, you've written that into your horror script. That is the worst possible oh, cliche. The worst one that I thought was the the biggest. Ju- this is a bad sign. Uh, horror movie. Mm. The biggest jump scare in the cinema. I saw it. Everybody jumped out of the seats when Dave appeared and went. Whoa! <laughs> and it was you know that was literally the biggest jump. Wow. Um, well, what I would say is yes, it should have been better because they had forty years to prepare for it. They had they had nine other movies to learn from the mistakes of. And the two biggest plot holes in the movie that other critics have come up with are one, where has Laurie got all this money to build a massive fortress? And two... Ripping off podcasts. What, <laughs> why, is she, why is she afraid that Michael will come for her when, she's not, when, when they, they're not related at all? Unfinished business. Mm. 
But you could have solved that in two things. Why isn't she living in the Michael Myers house? Her family owned it and nobody else would buy it. If she was a screw-up who had no money and no way of making money, she'd end up living in it. And then she'd be terrified that he was going to come home because that's what he did in 1978. He came home. That is my pitch. Yeah. I, I just think... Too late. Uh, yeah. Well, there we are. I was Okay, so final question. What do you each think the next movie in the series should be? Have anyone in space yet? Yeah. <laughs> 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 then they did that with Jason, didn't they? They did. Jason, Jason, Jason ended up on a Jason ended up on a space station. <laughs> didn't he? No. So even you say it's a joke, and oh, they, they've already been there, haven't they? Yeah, no, they did it, and it was a comedy. Well, so I, personally, I, I, I personally don't think we. Uh, I really don't want one. No, I don't want one. I quite liked the they, idea. They screwed this one up. If, yeah. they, if they'd made this good. Mm. Then fine, it would have. They could, we could have bounced off and had a sequel to it. But for me, this was a bit of a halfway crap halfway house. Mm. So why have a sequel to a crap halfway house? Yeah, they will do one, and it will be probably schlockier and a bit like they're gonna go into the sequel territories properly. And there'll probably be a druid thing going on. How's he <laughs> survived the flame? All about well, the druids. <laughs> he's because he's the living embodiment of a demon. Oh, I wish he was. I, Dan, I, what about I, you? I really liked that idea. I think you were talking about it in the Halloween 2 podcast. It was John Carpenter's initial idea of... The, the anthology. No, no, not, not even that. It was uh, that somehow that Michael was dead, supposedly dead, and that the... The legend and the mythos of Michael Myers and the shape kind of brought, kind of resurrected him. It was more like a psychological, right, okay. uh, kind of more like a ghost story, like mm. you were saying. Um, I think that might be interesting, like the legend and the urban legend, and the fear that that resolves in could resurrect him in in a spiritual spectral form, mm. um, like the original film was. Nice one. We will send that to Malik Gard. <laughs> right. Mine is um, one thing I've realised in watching all these movies is that John Carpenter had a great idea at one point which was to turn the Halloween films into an anthology series. My favourite direction now would be to do that again. A Halloween film every year on a different story but the same Halloween theme. That's probably not going to happen but what I have realised in watching the ten films is it kind of has happened in a weird way. <laughs> it is like an anthology series because none of it makes sense. They're all different random tales about Michael Myers and actually you could kind of carry on doing that um, and I think it was um, Chris Hewitt from Empire had a similar idea that, idea that put me onto this. Um, you know, and I, I feel in a way I'd love it if like the next movie in the series was a sequel that ignored all the sequels since Halloween 4 and it's a sequel to Halloween 4 where Jamie Lloyd has grown up and is in an asylum and they bring Ellie Cornell back. She never died. God no, damn it. Died. And then they could, they could sort of segue into the Halloween films being about other things. They'll say, oh, this sort of is a Michael Myers film. She's Michael Myers' niece. They could just but have another not... sequel to the original Halloween and I wouldn't try mind it again. Yeah, they could, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing another film with Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, yeah. but I just don't want to see Michael Myers again. Mm. Maybe she goes off fighting vampires or something like that. Or... What if, she, she what, if the the or, what if the origin for Michael Myers was linked into Halloween Three, and he was working for that Silver Sam, Shamrock, the Silver Shamrock he's, guys? He's an evil Irishman. Instead, instead of all that ju- druid stuff, could be, happen. Be, I guess that is kind of druid witch stuff, isn't it? Guys, it, we've come to the end of our time. It has been an absolute pleasure yeah. um, to go through this As whole always. series. And thank you very much, Ian, for your Absolutely. great contribution. It's a pleasure. And thank you so much, Howard and Dan, for. Yeah. for 
being with me through this incredible <laughs> journey we've got to the end of. We've got to the end of it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is And Now The Podcast Starts, and And Now The Podcast Stops. I can't kill the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. So there we go. That was uh, myself, Ian Howard, and Spider Dan three years ago talking about Halloween 2018. Um, before we go on to our recommendations for the end of this episode, uh, for which I, of course, I'm joined once again by Stella and Kirsty. Uh, Stella, oh, I, I'd just like you to chime in. What what's, uh, are your thoughts about that movie? Well, you, I, you like the film, I think? I did like it, yeah. Um, I think... and. It's sort of in the interest of being transparent as well. The last Halloween that I'd seen or had sort of engaged with at all before watching the 2018 one was Halloween H2O, and um, right. that was interesting. You know, eh, it was a solid two out of five, I'd say. So um, oh, I like that one. But when one. Um, okay, I remember when I saw the trailer for Halloween 2018. I was lying on the sofa watching the trailer on my phone as I watched it, and it was like, yep, good, Halloween-y stuff, it's all right, it's all right. And then when the music came in, I leapt up off the sofa going, yay, it's going to be really exciting, and I was really, really, really pleased to to see the film, you know, see Halloween coming back, and the trailer really excited me, and, and I dashed off to the cinema as soon as I could. I did actually see it at the cinema. And I thought there were some slow bits, but I really, really enjoyed the final sequence in the kitchen with the movable mm. kitchen island thing yeah. and everything yeah. going on downstairs and then the big fire at the end. And I just thought it ended. The film was film was okay. I had all the Halloween trappings that I wanted. I really enjoyed the last sequence. And then the way that it ended, I was just like, yeah, well done. Really, really enjoyed. Enjoyed myself while I watched it. And I just think um, the trailer for Halloween Kills has made me feel similarly jazzed <laughs> to go and right. see it. It just looks... It just looks like um, it's just like they've just really amped it up, really turned it up, and I can't, I honestly can't wait to go and see it. But I don't think I'm going to be able to see it in the cinema. But right. yeah, my overall opinion on Halloween 2018, I really enjoyed it, and I thought the end sequence was particularly strong for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, as as the listener, having just heard the review, will know that I, I pretty much chime with that. I mm. think the movie is kind of very messy mm. uh, for the first hour, but the last half hour is is very strong. Yeah. And, um, yeah, some great stuff in there and potential for the follow-up to be uh, really strong as well. Yeah. Uh, who knows whether it will be. Hopefully we'll all find out soon. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, uh, and, and yeah, so I really hope we'll be able to revisit the, the Halloween franchise uh, sometime soon and, and cover that movie because it would be a shame to have done, like, 11 Halloween reviews and, and not do the well, latest Why don't we set film. ourselves a challenge and we'll try and review Halloween Kills in less than three years' time? <laughs> How about that? I, I, I don't know if I can do that. So that seems a little bit yeah, ambitious whoa. to me. But, um, he needs but three years I'll, to get his head, you know, together, <laughs> his thoughts in order. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not superhuman. Um, <laughs> no, but you have to mull it over, don't you? Like it takes time. You've got to, you've got to sit with it. And, you've got to you ruminate. <laughs> it take, it takes time and medication. Uh, in, in my case, and as you know, I have brain cells that are dying. You know, things that go slower. Um, great. Okay. Um, so that's. A, Sort of a commitment. Yeah. Um, uh, 
this. I, I'm making a note right now. So, okay. No, so you're not. We, I can, can see we... that you're not making a note. I can see you. <laughs> it's a mental note. Uh, it's a mental no, no, note. No, no. Use a pen. I'm growing a dendrite specifically <laughs> to to do this. Um, okay, so we're coming to the end of the episode. So now is the time when we traditionally recommend things. Um, Stella and Kirsty, do you have recommendations? Mm-hmm. Who'd like to go first? Well, that, that would be me then. Um, <laughs> so I haven't been, I, you know, obviously I've been slightly sort of out of my usual kind of habit of watching, listening, um, thinking about things um, because of uh, craziness. However, um, I was, I've been waiting for, since before the pandemic, to see um, David Dowie's The Green Knight. Um, and I was oh. finally able to watch it because it came to Amazon Prime um, after they you know, kind of released it everywhere else and for whatever reason it didn't get a theatrical distribution in the UK, it, you know, then hit um, Amazon um, a couple of weeks ago. And, and, and uh, yeah, it was, it was lovely. Um, and I loved it. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of all that, you know, kind of beautiful medievalist kind of fantasy plus kind of folk horror elements. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of creepy <laughs> and dark and, and, and yes. So yes to that film. It's on, it's on Prime. Just, it's on Prime. There's a large yes to that film, yes. generally. Um, so, yeah. It's, Great. That's cool. it. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, squee about it because it was very, very good. I liked it. Well, I heard Mark Kermode's review of it and he absolutely loved it. He's probably much um, more concise than me. <laughs> um, I don't know, actually, but he did say, it, I know it's on Amazon Prime, but don't see it on Amazon Prime. Go to the cinema. Yeah, um, I would I would have done. I would have totally have mm. gone to the cinema had I been able to, but I was you know, able to watch it on a reasonably large television with um, um, decent sound, thanks to my husband's um, uh, desire to, you know, kind of have slightly better audio than I would normally choose. Um, so yeah, so it kind of it would, you know, sort of a reasonably big screen, and it it, it works in that format, I think. Cool. Right. Okay, fantastic. I'd just like to quote you my favourite short review of that movie it's from yeah. my my best friend Baz on Twitter. He 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 wrote, "The Green Knight, is it a good film?" I'm not sure I know, and I've seen it. <laughs> so obviously less enthusiastic than you, but yes. um, but sounds like he might watch it again. So yeah. on the other hand, that's kind of a good Sounds review. like he needs to. <laughs> yes. Um, so Stella, what, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, well, I'm sticking with uh, Slashers. So I watched uh, There's Someone Inside Your House on Netflix. It's uh, just... It's just a solid slasher movie, really. There's nothing um, dramatically wild about it, I don't think. Um, usual stuff, young people being stalked and slashed, but it's a good, it's a good solid slasher if you want. And it's 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 quite short, just under an hour and a half, I think, so you can watch it quite quickly. And uh, yeah, it did everything that you want a slasher film to do. So yeah, check it out if you're Great. not going to the cinema but you want more slasher action. There's someone inside your house. All right, fantastic. Okay, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not allowed to say. I'm not sure. I'd want to watch a film called "There's Someone Inside Your House" whilst watching <laughs> it inside well, my house. <laughs> I don't think the title. On your own. I don't think the title works. No, because I don't recall right. at any point that it, it being like um like a call is coming inside your house type situation. Yeah, I don't yeah. recall that being a thing. 
So yeah, I think it, the, the title's a bit of a uh, misnomer. It's just general running about slasher stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. It was it was a good, good watch. Fun. Yeah. Uh right. So that's that's the three of us concluding this week's episode. Woo. And <laughs> yeah, well, we are three, and um, you know, obviously, on this episode too, we've had Howard and Ian uh, not present in life but present in recorded form. Maybe they'll be able to join us. Oh, that's something I meant to mention earlier for anybody who'd like to support us on Patreon. Um, we keep adding. Uh, our new recordings to Patreon, so there's a bunch of stuff there which has not been released on the um, the main po- podcast feed yet. And I've just put a new bag of death recording <laughs> on there with Howard, which is special because uh, it's the first ever bag of death that Howard and I recorded over Zoom, and it's wow. a video, so huh? you can see our slightly confused faces. <laughs> you even get to see what the bag of death looks like, wow. and what colour it is. <laughs> My God, tell me I'm not telling this to you right now. So, you are, no, yeah. So, yeah. Although, although maybe it loses some of its mystique if we know that it's uh, a Tesco's carrier bag. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you had to go and ruin it, Kirsty. You had to go. No, it's of course it's not a Tesco's carrier bag, and you know you won't know what it is unless you're willing <laughs> to pay that? a little bit of money to subscribe to our patreon and we'll very much appreciate that it's going to be worth every penny to know what color the bag of death is i can promise you i can't promise you it'll be worth it but do it anyway um other things on the, on the feed will will make it worth it um, so there we go right that brings us to the end of of the episode for this week i think Kirsty, thank you so much. Thank it's you. been so great to have you back on the podcast. <laughs> um, Stella, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Dan. It's been wonderful to be together as a team, and the team is is growing and reuniting week by week, and it's a great feeling. So we'll be back in some form next week, or at least in the nearest future, because <laughs> I'm a little bit loath to absolutely commit to a day of the week at the moment mm. but we'll, we we'll don't commit on this right podcast <laughs> no we don't that's exactly what we don't yeah, do that's what we don't we, do yeah. Oh, oh, yeah we've already proved that our relationship to time is uh you know malleable <laughs> yes <laughs> perfectly put Kirsty. all right well that's us though for this week thank you so much and and listener thank you for listening to us and we hope you've enjoyed it We'll be back again soon. Let's all say bye-bye. Bye-bye! <laughs> you have been listening to And Now the Podcast Starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Howard Whittock, Kirsty Warrow, Ian Winterton, Stella Gaynor, and T.D. Velasquez. With special guest, Spider Dan. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details or visit our Facebook pages at and now pod or 
at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at And Now Podcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash and now podcast. And now the podcast stops.